Welcome to the Prepare to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver. Here at Dane Lee, we have a guest today, Cruz Fonderist. Um, today, we're going to get into a variety of topics. We're going to let Cruz kind of intro himself and then um, probably get into some some things about uh, the work that Cruz is doing um, with his new, is it a company or is it like a project? or? Uh, so I did start uh, Masculine Conviction, which is a company, Okay. but the protocol that I'm doing is more of a project. Uh, I haven't. I'm not selling it or anything like that uh, because I want to uh, validate it uh, and make sure that everything that I'm doing is uh, I'm sure I'll have to take things out and, you know, put other things in, Mm -hmm. but I want it more foolproof and I want the data. I'm going to do all my blood work and uh, a couple guys that are doing it with me are going to do their blood work. So like a trial and error thing before you actually like, yeah, do before I do anything with it. Yeah. 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 It's smart. Um, so yeah, so we'll let you uh, get into your background. I, I mean, for those that don't know, uh, um, you can talk about your powerlifting time, your time before powerlifting, yeah. um, you know, what made you get into it and, and all that. So kind of where your, your whole career of powerlifting. So, yeah. So, um, I've been, wow. I started powerlifting back in 2015, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps. So, uh, it's been what eight years, yeah, yeah, eight years. So that means eight years of uh, PD usage. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when I, my first meet though I did was was actually uh, I was natural. I was weighing like 180, I think it was like 186 pounds or whatever. And I mm-hmm. literally I wa- walked into the gym uh, after deployment, got back from deployment, and uh, benched like 385. And I was natural at that point. Mm-hmm. And the kid was like, oh, dude, we have a meet this weekend. You need to jump in and do it. So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't even know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds exactly the way I got into powerlifting. I was, <laughs> I was literally in a, a CrossFit gym. And I'd been kind of tapering out of CrossFit doing more Olympic lifting stuff. And I'd always been pretty decent at deadlift. And I was deadlifting. And same thing. Guy came up like, oh, there's a local powerlifting meet. You should do it. I'm like, when is he? It's like, it's Saturday. And this is like Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Like no, no taper. No, yeah. no. Luckily it was like an unsanctioned thing, but it was still, I was like, sure, let's it's, do it. It's interesting how we each have our lift too. So like I mentioned my bench and then mm-hmm. you mentioned your deadlift. It's like, I feel like uh, we get pulled into that because of that one outlier lift that we have, you know, yeah. and the, whoever notices it, it's like, oh man, we need to get them into powerlifting because they're, you yeah. know, they already are good at one thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then basically from that point on, I mean, I, I like you did when I got hooked, and you know, it was just like, when's the next meet? When's the next meet? And you know, obviously at that point, I at that meet actually, uh, the one of the guys he pulled like seven hundred or whatever, and he had asked me, he was like, hey, what are you taking? Because uh, he's like, or are you just drinking something in your water <laughs> to get benched <laughs> like that? And uh, I was like. And I just take creatine and he's like, he tells me what he takes and I'm like, oh, okay. So this is, this is probably what I'm going to have to do. So I did a little bit of research, like probably like two months or so I researched and then it wasn't really much of a decision. I was like, I, I want to be the best at this. So, yeah. Yeah. I know, um, for me, like when I got into powerlifting, I think, so I did that and then I want to say maybe like 14 weeks, it, it was inside of a couple months there was a meet that I actually signed up for that was sanctioned. Uh, at that time, probably it was right around that time. 
I went to the doctor, felt like, you know, the classic things of low testosterone, felt like shit. Um, just wasn't recovering like I thought. And a guy was like, hey, he's like, your testosterone might be low. He's like, I just went. I'm like, dude, I'm, I think I was 27 at the time or something. I'm like, there's no fucking way. I'm like, in the prime, dude, I'm like, and I'm more in shape than most people. You know, I'm like, there's, that doesn't seem right. He's like, no, I went, like, my testosterone was low and all that. It's like, all right. So I went to the doctor. Sure enough, my levels were down at like, uh, 260 or something and they you know said it was pretty much bullshit um that was like an anomaly i was like all right well let's test again in like a month or whatever so i tested again it was like 270 i'm mm. like all right so now we gotta start doing something and the doctor didn't want to do anything because of how young i was um which we can get into that later but yeah you know it's kind of fucked up to think about like they don't do anything for men and their testosterone but you know whatever so that's what got me into you know, I told my buddy who had been taking tests for years and he's like, well, I'll just take test. And that's, that's, that's when I started taking test. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, let you go on with your, your story, but it's fun. It's funny how similar, very this similar. Whole, this whole very thing similar. is. Yeah. And, uh, just to talk about low tests real quick too, is like, you know, guys, like there's guys out there that are shredded that have low tests. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, you know, in fact, I, you know, the most shredded guys, you know, if you look at, because I've been diving into it a little bit the past couple of months. And like, uh, I remember uh, Pete Rubish, you know, he kind of yeah, did a similar yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, um, they had tested, uh, this was a bodybuilder though, actually. And his levels before he started to meet or his show prep were in normal range of like 400s, mm-hmm. four or 500s. By the end of the prep, he was down in the high 100s. He's like 180. Mm-hmm. So just over the course of stress, losing body yep. fat, losing body fat, being yeah. in being in a caloric deficit, his test dropped that much. Yep, and that's what makes the PED so powerful because mm-hmm. we can take these things and it can upregulate our hormones while we're doing all this stress. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yep. So, um, and I know that you've had like oxidative stress with you is like mm. is huge. <laughs> yeah, and and I've noticed it too. I, I feel like. You know, over the years, I told myself, oh, I don't have the side effects, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, Just, you could try to deny it all you Yeah, want, but, you, yeah. you might, they might not be as glaring as someone else because yeah. someone else might have another uh, issue. Like, I know mm-hmm. that you had GI issues, if, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Crohn's. So, yeah, yeah, so, like, it was obviously glaring for you, but things were happening to me, too. Like, my cholesterol was just mm-hmm. slowly tipping up, you know, each yeah. year. So, um, but anyways, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much how, uh, I got into powerlifting and then, you know, me and you have competed, uh, like right alongside Uh, each other back and forth for a long time, for a long time. And then, you know, we've each uh, gotten to pretty high levels, even though we think that we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like, I mean, you can be. I think like one time I looked it up cause I was really interested and I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before that, um, I was looking up and it's, it's probably even greater than this, but I don't, I don't take the full amount of guys who have competed, but you look at like where I was placed and it's like inside the top 1% all time. And that's taken out a few hundred thousand guys. Cause you know, people just compete just because, um, and I think of that and I'm like, Okay, cool. I accomplished something, but then I see guys totaling two hundred pounds more than me, and I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like I suck. You know, it's it's funny when you're in it, 
you just want more and you think like, oh, I, like I, I still have so much further to go to be great, you know, and be one of the best and, you know, all that bullshit. But at the same time, like, I'm, we're already such outliers in a sport, um, such outliers doing the sport compared to one normal society, but two, even people that work out, to be honest, you know, like I know a ton of people who work out. And if you go look at that, I don't know if you saw the board out there, we put like the dots and all that up or just our, our yeah. board in general. That's a pretty legit board. Mm-hmm. You know, and people walk in here and they're like, holy fuck. And I'm like, and I don't real you don't realize it. Like, you know, that four or five years ago when that, that whole board was in here working out from time to time. And it's like, every guy up there is inside the top 1% ever to compete in the sport. And that's when it starts to dawn on you. Like, okay, I, I might've did a thing or two. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. And uh, you kind of said it there too, is it's that quest for more like that, uh, that it's almost like a quest for validation that leads to destruction. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it's because you, <clears throat> you're comparing yourself to, you know, somebody else and you're trying to validate through numbers and, and really that's not what it's about. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's tough to swallow that pill. And I think whenever you eventually do, that's whenever you start realizing what's truly important mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you kind of put those things aside. Yeah. And I'm sure we both realize yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to go when you're in it, you know, everyone's a competitor. That is a competitor when you're in it. All you're looking to do is get better. So, you know, and we've prefaced this before competing at a high level is not healthy at all. Um, and anyone that tells you it is, uh, <laughs> they're probably not at a high level themselves or they're fucking lying to you because, um, it doesn't matter what sport you play, what you're doing, uh, being at that ultra high level or, or a high level in general is typically not healthy. Um, and I don't care if you're a long distance runner, you know, professional sport player, a powerlifter, a bodybuilder, whatever, you know, being at the top of that game is, you know, D- Dane comes from, um, you know, gymnastics world and you know, in, think of those people that were at that high elite level, you know, and how many yeah. problems they have with their joints and, uh, just body function in general, some of them. Um, yeah, there's a certain dosage of every sport or every activity that is healthy. It's like you can do this and you mm-hmm. can have a lot of health benefits from it, but almost everyone who is successful like takes that and just keeps going yep. until it like, like you're because you well, you're you literally down. pushing your body to right. a breaking point in in a way to be at that level. You know, like, because the human body, everyone keeps, it's like when someone finally ran, um, what what was the thing, the, like, sub four minute mile? Yeah. And then, like, seven people did it in the next year or some shit or six months or whatever. It's like each thing that happens, we got guys pulling a grand now, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like everyone's going to keep trying to push that bar, right? So you're literally pushing the human body to levels that are, uh, it's never seen before your own body and possibly anybody's body, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's trying to catch that. Not everyone's body can catch that in even a halfway safe manner, you know, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. let alone get out with no issues. Oh yeah. So if you can get out of any of these sports on a high level with no issues, you're extremely lucky. Um, and you might've done some things to prevent that, you know, but more or less your body could handle that Mm -hmm. in like the drug side of things. Um, you know, not to use as like excuses or anything. Cause I mean, we've both done our share of things, but like (laughs) there are people that can put in a massive amount of, of P 
PEDs into their body. And when they, you know, taper down or come off a little bit, they're literally, I don't want to call it fine, but they have nowhere near the side effects of another person that took even half the dose. So it's very individual when it comes to that stuff. And I think, but people get wrapped up in it when they're competing. Like I got to take more, more is better. Got to do more, got to do more. Well, if I throw in this drug to compound this drug, then I'm going to be better, you know? And that's like what you get wrapped into in that powerful. And even the drug tested natty boy bullshit. Most of them are on so many fucking peptides. They don't even know what they're putting in their body. They just throw them all, (laughs) mix them all in there. Oh, this guy on Reddit said to take this and they just throw it in there blindly, like no research, no nothing. You know, so it's it it happens in the the drug tested world too. So, I like how you you put that on there, drug tested. It's not, yeah, it's not it's not natty. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But um, yeah, uh, you know, man, and I guess I kind of recognized it a little bit too because, uh, um, especially whenever you're doing anything extreme, like even my days in the Marine Corps, like uh, I was Marine Corps infantry, and. Um, I remember getting attached to the sniper unit and uh, I had to go on a hike with them and like halfway through the hike, they're like, they're like Fondy. That's what they call me. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what are you taking dude? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah. they're like, well, we're on, you know, 500 milligrams of tests and some Anivar. And I'm yep. like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, this yeah. was before I even knew yeah, any yeah. of that crap. When, <laughs> when I was, when I was training um, to go to special warfare in the Navy and like, Mother, there was, I'm not going to throw out too much shit there. Let's just say like the testosterone that everyone was doing. Cause in the military, a lot of people do test mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. It's huge. Right. right. Um, for, we can get into the whole bullshit well, reasons why, but in, in special, in the special warfare community, it does run like these are genetic outliers. And on top of that, like yeah. they're also supplementing, mm-hmm. um, and I, I can't discredit that because they're also, I mean, it's life or death sometimes, yeah. truly. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of, it's crazy. The, the level they need and the fitness level they need to keep, um, a lot of testosterone was coming off of those teams. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. So, yeah. And uh, I mean, you're absolutely right, especially because, you know, they're they're putting themselves in uh, situations where uh, their hormones are, I mean, think about it, man. I don't know your experience, but like uh, eating MREs, like mm. just packed oh, full of processed food. Like it's all processed crap. <laughs> in the military food, some of it's labeled jail food anyway. Yeah. They'll say on it like for institutional use or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like your hormones are getting crashed. Your, your yeah. lack of sleep, you know, uh, you're pushing your body to like, the max uh and yeah you're there's no way i guarantee you i mean i don't know for a fact obviously i didn't get but i guarantee you my levels are crashed on deployment there's Mm -hmm. there's no way that they weren't yeah you know so um so that's something to consider whenever we talk about that with those guys so you know they're it's like you said it's life and death Mm -hmm. it's not a total yeah Yeah. huge difference there yeah big difference but um so i guess uh what do we want to dive into? I kind of want to get into, um, I think the differences of, you know, we're talking about the differences in training and 
whether you're trying to be an elite level or be healthy. Um, I guess we both could kind of speak from experience on that. Um, People need to understand, like, if you're going to be in these sports, you're going to be in this powerlifting world, you're going to be in the lifting community, you know, whatever. And we're just going to use that as an example. If you want to compete at a high level, um, for example, I mean, we had a guy in here, he, um, he went to the NFL and I think he ended up getting cut during the preseason or whatever, uh, you know, a couple weeks into the preseason, he got cut. And I remember talking with him and I was asking him, I'm like, well, what's that locker room? Like, you know, like what are dudes doing? He's like, Oh man, he's like 50, 60% of them are taking something. And I was like, really? I'm like, they're not just like genetic freaks. He's like, yeah, some, he's like, everyone's a genetic freak at that level. He's like, but you know, he was a genetic freak, but at the same time, like he said, that's what it takes to be at that level, you know? And he, he'd never, you know, never take anything. So he says, you know, try to take, people's word for it or whatever um but when he got out he talked about like that was the number one thing he wanted to do was like be healthy versus trying to be at that elite level when he was uh i think he played at uh, louisville he's a wide receiver you know so he was he was an elite level athlete right um but like when he got out he was trying his workouts completely changed you know the the dieting he lost about 20, 25 pounds, you know what I mean? So things just kind of change. Um, I know f- from, from my perspective, things, the first thing I did when I stopped competing was try to lose weight, mm-hmm. um, competing at the 242 class. You know, I usually sit in that 235 to 240 range. Um, sometimes I get down to like low 230s. And I remember when I said, okay, I'm done. You know, this, this ain't going to work anymore. My body can't take it. Um, and that's, for my own specific reasons. Um, the first thing I did was try to lower my body weight and then start to take, uh, you know, like even my TRT level of test way down to the point then of coming off of it completely. Um, you know, and that's kind of my goal is to more or less keep my weight in a manageable range keep my uh my red blood cell count up because it is fucked up right now um and these are things that are going to be individual to me mm-hmm. just because of my own uh medical issues but you know like that's that's a completely different goal my eating is completely different it is far less than it used to be um the foods that i'm choosing are slightly different um i'd always eaten pretty good but it, you know to keep for me to keep 235, 240, I had to gorge sometimes. And sometimes that consisted of adding in um, a ton of fats into my foods, you know, like, you know, throwing cheese on things or uh, throwing extra olive oil into things, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then even going out and like having like a, a pizza or something mm. and eating the whole damn thing, <laughs> you know, to maintain that weight. Yeah. Right. Whereas now it's like, man, I, if I got, got a pizza or something, it's like two pieces in, I'm like, fuck, I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I don't eat the same as I used to. Um, and that, but that's, you know, again, the difference of pushing those calories, uh, pushing the training, even, you know, when I was throwing in cardio, it wasn't like, 
uh, to the, the cardio extent that I'm trying to do now. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, at least for me, like all those things to get my body back to homeostasis is going to be fucking rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been rough. You know, but I, I can say I'm a little bit different because I have these little medical issues that are, are going on there fucking things up. But, um, you know, if, if I imagine I've seen your training a little bit and you're doing a bunch of different things comparative to what you used to. Yes. Right? Yes. So, um, you know, man, I guess, I guess the, the biggest difference, I guess, between me and you right off the rip is I, I one day was like, Nope, I'm done with TRT. There was no taper. There was no mm-hmm. nothing. Um, so I, I'm not saying I suggest that uh, yeah. by any means. Um, but I do feel like there are some protocols out there that kind of just delay the inevitable, like, uh, you know, like Clomid HCG, because mm-hmm. all those things bypass the pituitary gland. So eventually when, when you stop those things, you're going to have the same crash. It's just, it might be a little easier on you. Mm-hmm. So um, they, use, they use those a lot for people that don't know to... Um supposed to jumpstart your your natural testosterone your natural like production of everything and then like he said like once you once you stop that then you you hope that your body keeps going it's kind of it's kind of like um winging a prayer yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like you can get the engine running but like it, it, god it might die again down the road you know so yeah so uh so since i kind of did that i was really smart about dropping my volume and frequency because Mm -hmm. when you don't have you can't compare uh your training while you're on to your trt dose and then again you can't compare your trt dose to your nothing yeah a lot of guys are like oh well i'm just on trt well let me tell you something Uh, being on trt is a lot it's uh, a it's a huge huge difference than having nothing yeah so i think the biggest thing i recognized was uh managing fatigue and exercise selection too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, but like, uh, you know, doing heavy squats and heavy deadlifts is going to fry you. Yep. You know, not that those things aren't great. Um, but also from a mental standpoint, me and you have reached such a high level with squats and deadlifts. It's like, well, I don't need to keep doing those. Yeah. Like, like that. That's- I, I told someone when I was coming down, I'm like, you know, if I can deadlift 500, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I can squat in the fours, cool. You know, I have absolutely zero reason to go put 700 pounds on my back again or pull 700 plus. Like I, I have zero reason to ever do that. Yeah. Right. Um, it's funny what you said, like with the, the TRT versus not being on anything versus you know, full blown going at it. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it's also different. So like, again, when I started, I had low testosterone, right? So yes, this brought my levels up to basically a well uh, testosterone normal human in a way. All right. Um, so a lot of people don't r- realize that, that like, yeah, if someone's on TRT, they might just be coming up to a normal human that has really great levels. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, it, 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 there's a lot that's going on underneath the surface uh, that actually changes your body. So that having that little bit of dose is going to still be greater than not having anything at all in your body. Um, and from what I noticed, um, 
is the fatigue factor. Like I could still recover pretty well. Right. I haven't, I, it's another month or so until I check my natural levels and I'm sure they're going to look like shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've noticed from a training perspective, like you said, the heavy lifting is pretty much non-existent. If I'm going to do something heavier, it might be a set of like five or six. It's not a one and two anymore. Cause I, again, for me right now, that's not what I need. And I think a lot of people when they're coming off, um, they're still trying to train in that one to three and they're watching their numbers just get fucking killed. <laughs> and um, and, mentally. and mentally it starts to fuck with you and mm-hmm. you start getting depressed and think you're not going to be strong. Then they stop working out, you know, and it's like, it's a snowball. Effect. Yeah. Cause it, it is like somewhat your identity. Like I'm the strong person and all of a sudden you're not the strong person. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say you can't be strong uh, or get like if me and you truly trained for it and we got our levels corrected and all that, cause we were strong before we ever took anything oh, yeah. by relative standards. Right. Um, you know, compared to most people in the gym, we, people have probably been like, Oh uh, yeah, they're lifting some weight over there, you know? So it's not to say we can't just get back to that point. Um, but it's much harder when your body is in a, um, uh, call it a sick state. That's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Right. Is because your, your testosterone is not going to be where it was. Your hormones and your other blood markers are fucked up, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just not the same as everyone thinks it is. So you see like, you'll see people make that excuse like, well, he's on stuff. Well, I promise you like half those people that are on stuff. They were stronger than you before they hopped on anything. And yes, if they come off, they'll probably be your level or maybe a little bit weaker at first. But for most of them at that high level, um, on the male side, I'm not going to speak on the female side. That's completely, uh, we can get into that hormone and that's completely different. Right. Um, but on the male side, a lot of those guys that are up there, are genetic outliers to begin with. You know, they just found something that's going to enhance them a little bit more. Mm. And the thing is, is if everyone was going to be, you know, some superhuman by taking stuff, um, then you wouldn't see guys that blast shit in total 16, 1700. Yep. You know, everyone would be total in 2K. Well, there's guys so. that don't even total a grand. Yeah. That aren't taking stuff <laughs> yeah. In, so. yeah, they're, yeah. There's, yeah. They're yeah, in there's, your gym. They're in your local gym. Yeah, there's people that like... That, that aren't total in anything like you I mean yeah. and they're they're blasting oh yeah um, they're, they're yeah. blasting for looks mm-hmm. that's what and yeah, look, you'll be surprised how many guys we walk into the local you know powerhouse down here and I can I can spot and some of them you can't tell but some of these guys like you I could be like he's on testosterone people be like bullshit he's not I'll go ask him and I guarantee you he is you know there's people that are taking compounds <laughs> To look like an average guy in your, in the gym. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's cr- yeah. I wish I could tell him because like, you know, I'm obviously not on anything right now. And uh, I kind of, I'm developing the physique that I really wanted the entire time that I was on. Because yeah. I was always one of those lifters where like, yeah, I wanted to be super strong, but I hated getting bloated. And You're I probably it. like, I, I held a lot of water. Yeah, I hated it. Yep. When hated I, it. when I took testosterone and stuff, I, oh, excuse me. I, um, I always held a lot of water. Um, so that was like the first thing I saw really drop off. And, um, like you said, like I, I, I'm about two ten right now ish and 
I like kind of the physique that's coming in now versus now maybe that's because you know I got bigger and came down and you know all that but I mean I did used to do that anyway um and I never felt like I looked how I do now if that makes sense yeah no. so I just I wish that I could like let these guys know like you don't need to run Winstraw to look good no, no, you that's know. the crazy thing. Like if you, and uh, again, we didn't grow up in uh, exactly the Instagram world. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't take a picture every time our, you know, shirt was off. But like, we can dig up old photos of us, you know, back before social media, really. And you'll see like, I mean, we were pretty much, we were pretty in shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we're pretty fit people or whatever. Um, so it's not like this just came out of nowhere where like I started working out for three months. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to take tests now. And <laughs> Hey, where's the D ball at? And all that shit, you know? Jeez. Uh, but guys are fucking up their bodies and they, they have no clue. And the problem is, I, I think I saw you talk about this. It's like, we're just, you know, online now it's like a badge of honor that you're on shit. The Trent, Trent bros or trend. Yeah. The trend or, kids or whatever what, what the are hell. they're called. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Trend trend on the block or something. I don't know. It's these, it's these, I think they're brothers or they're, something. They're brothers. And they both like blast trend and Bentley and you know, they're, they're gym rats or whatever. Okay. And it's like a badge of honor to them to talk about how they're taking all these drugs. Yeah. And you know, I can remember like we talked about Pete Rubish earlier, like God, Pete was pretty open with the shit he yeah. was on. Right. Yeah. Um, and since he's came off, he's talked about like, uh, kind of the euphoria effect of that and how much better he feels and calm and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, like, it's weird because we came up in a world where it was, like, taboo. Even if you were on shit and even if you were a competitor, no one really talked about it. Mm-hmm. And that came with some bad advice if you talked to the wrong person. Because yeah. <laughs> they would tell you to take all this shit and you didn't need even half that dose. Um, so... It, in one side, like some of the people that are putting out good content, that's great, you know, but then on the other side of it, man, like this is why we have teenagers blasting drugs again. And yep. I, I can speak from experience. There was a, a group of guys from um, down the way, you know, 15, 20 minutes from where I grew up at another school. They all, it was like ran rampant through their school. They, everyone was on shit. You know, 16, 17, 18 years old. Man, These guys shit. were fucking yoked. I mean, like, they were, they were jacked, right? Not one of them to this day, not one of them looks that way. Not even close. Like, you wouldn't recognize them, you know? Because yeah. they, they fucked up their hormones yeah. and they probably stopped working out. You add that, you compound that for five, six, seven, eight years. Dude, and like what I'm preaching to is like the lifestyle. What are they doing? They're, they're drinking beer. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to look good for the bar. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yep. And like uh, these guys, you know, well, I guess let me back up a second. First off, these guys that are pushing drugs on Instagram. And what they don't realize, man, is like, you're not, you're not really, okay. You said they're the top 1%. We're in the top room. You're not mm. talking that top 1%. You're mm. talking to the 99% of guys that aren't going to stick to this. And you're telling mm. them to hop on trend. What, what do you think is going to happen, man? Yep. What do you think is going to happen to those guys? Like yeah. they're going to, they're going to do exactly what they're going to maybe a year. Let's just, I think that's pushing it, but let's just yeah. say a year. All right. So they get, 
wherever they think they want to be in a year, which we all know that it's not just a drug either. It's, mm. There's so much more that goes into it. But let's just say that they do. They get where they want to be in a year. Well, they stop. They quit everything. They have kids. They, you know, lifestyle goes to crap. What do you think is going to happen to those guys? Exactly. They're yeah. going to drop to – they're going to be skinny, fat, miserable, hate their lives, depression. Yep. Like, it's just bad. It's yeah. – There was yeah. a – there was a guy I went to school with. It was probably, fuck, we were maybe like 24, 25. And he hired a trainer from, you know, commercial gym over here. And you could see it over a couple months. Like, he just started to, like, Fill out. yoke out a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like, he's getting shoulders. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. man, look, looking all right. Androgen receptors are real strong in the shoulders. Uh, <laughs> so he was telling me, like, yeah, man, I started taking this, this, and this. And he had... Literally just started working out when he hired that trainer, like for the first time since fucking high school, right? So we're talking like seven, eight years. And uh, <laughs> wasn't even a year later, he was telling me how like his body was fucked up, his levels were all fucked up, and he put him yeah. on like all this shit, and like he feels like his heart's fucked up, and like, you know what I mean? Like, so that guy, I mean, I don't think he ever worked out really again, but was it worth it? For the, for the complications you probably have now. Yeah. God. So people, I feel like they're just, no one's doing research anymore. No one cares. It's just like, yeah, throw this in because if you get strong or if you look halfway decent and you can post it on Instagram, you know, and again, I know we're talking the male side, but the female side is just as bad. Mm-hmm. You got girls um, throw in uh, MPP, taking tests trend uh you know var you know all this shit to total 900 800 there's a girl that literally talked about it before she, she took all these compounds to total like 850 she totals it like near a grand now but like there's no fucking there's no fucking reason you know a lot of, but a lot of these girls it's the same way like they're starting so much earlier now to take like hard drugs before they even get to a decent level or put some real work in, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to really be up there and you're four years in, you know, and it might be that time to start thinking about it. I, I get it. But like off the bat, right off the rip, just like, and it's not a little bit of R. No, <laughs> it's they're fucking listening to these jackasses who tell them to take fucking, uh, you know, overdose of R and oh, throw in a little bit of this injectable fuck well you know yeah. man the way i think of it too is like it's almost like similar to training in a sense so you know you look at somebody like uh kai green okay mm-hmm. he, he talks about like uh he is very into like muscle concentration and not lifting heavy and all this stuff well if you're new into lifting you can't do what he's doing 20 years down the road 30 years down the road you know what i mean so same with drugs these guys are like oh wow okay this guy is taking this drug. It's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Back up. What was he doing uh, 10 years ago, yeah. 20 years ago? That's what you need to do. Oh, he was natty 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably what you should do. You should probably train for five years before you even think of anything. Yeah. You know, that's – I think that's that's the biggest problem. The, the bodybuilding world is – so it used to be the bodybuilding world was the world that was real bad, but now it's trickling into the strength sports. Um like, I mean, how many bodybuilders can you think of just off the top of your head locally that started 
test it in drugs at 18 years old, you know, 19 years old. And it's like, they're getting into their mid twenties and they're feeling it and they're seeing the effect. And, and that feels all right now, to be honest, even the little effects are seeing, it feels all right now. Wait till you're in your thirties mm-hmm. and those effects come around to say hello. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. And that's why, like for me, I, I, I probably had a couple more years on a healthy body, right? Probably had a couple more years to compete if I really could have. But even then, I was telling myself already, it's like, I don't want to be the 40-year-old still, like, pushing stuff, still, like... Living in your van. Yeah, destroying my body, (laughs) you know, to, like, for what? You know, that's what I started to look at as. It sucks because there is, like... I'm sure you've seen it, and if not, you will see it, like, go to a meet or you be around some people and like that ego kind of kicks in like motherfucker I could destroy you you know because <laughs> like I've been at meets now where like there's a cocky little kid or a group of kids and they don't really know who I am or anything that's fine because I'm not like IG famous I'm not like best lifter in the world and that's fine you know and they'll get a little smart ass you know in the just be a little dickhead in the fucking warm-up area or something mm-hmm. And a couple of them I've had to say shit to. Like, I remember we had, we had a meet here and there's a kid um, j- just they don't know how to get into a, a routine um, in the warm up area where you get kind of a cycle going where everyone's just hopping in. Yeah. Weights are flying Work yeah, together. Yeah. Everyone's going good. And these kids like act like they're owning shit. I told the one flat out because he took the weight off and put his weight on when my lifter still had. um my lifter was opening their bench at like 380 something and they were their last warm up was like 308 and he still need he only had taken like in the 270s 280s and worked you know 15 minutes from them lifting i'm like hey he's got to get a couple more benches in here so we loaded up i'm like all right get get 314 on the bar kid strips it down puts his shit on right before he went and man, I went up to them fucking kids. I'm like, look, I'm not going to be a dickhead about it because I really don't give a fuck. I said, but if you go to an elite level meet and you do that shit, I said, these guys will fucking eat you alive. I said, they will literally kick you the fuck off the bench. Like, I was like, don't do that bullshit. It's mm-hmm. like, get a rotation going so everyone hits their last two attempts on time. Mm-hmm. And especially their last attempt, their last warm up. So everyone gets on the platform properly, you know? Was it ignorance or was it? Yeah, it was entitlement and Mm -hmm. just thought that they were better than, you know, the other people and stuff. And uh, for me, you know, I remember I was at a meet and you know how it is to have your knees wrapped too long, right? Oh, yeah. And I was at a meet and the guy was wrapping my knees and someone was taking, uh, took my warm up weight. They just jumped in there and I just finished wrapping my knees. I was getting ready to get up, dude. I told my handler, I'd even look, I just stare at the ground. And I was fucking, you see me angry, dude. I was like, tell that motherfucker, he better get the fuck off my bar. Or so I'm going to fucking kill him, dude. Everyone was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like these kids now, like it, that entitlement thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to look back at now in a way, but, um, but that ego kicks in sometimes that you just like, you're a competitor and you know, like, I'll fucking just destroy you yeah. if I get on the platform. You know, so that that's the hard part to shut that all down. 
you know, because when you're, when you're done, you're done, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it, it, in your mark is left and that's what it is, yep. you know, and that's the hard thing to swallow is like, what could I have done better? And those things start creeping in. What could I have done better? How far could I have pushed it? What would that have looked like? You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, so it's just, it's hard to shut all of that off and realize that now, like you might be a coach or you might be a spectator or you might be, you know, mm-hmm. but you are no longer at that top level. Your, your total will always exist. What you did will always exist, but you're no longer at that point. You know, I think that's why it's really important to develop an identity before sport. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, huge. or, or during or, or, during, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or after, I mean, after it's yeah. harder after because you, like you said, it's going to be hard to fight that, that ego to want mm-hmm. to get back in. And I think that we both have fought that I've struck cause we've both been on the fence about, uh, leaving powerlifting for like, I don't know, I'd probably say two years at least, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. longer. Uh, and it was that, it was that ego that was holding us in because we wanted, no. oh, you know, I want to get that, I want to get that 2k. Yeah. I want to like, and, and for me, I mean, it's, it was addicting. It's an addicting oh, sport. Like it is. I, I've always said Steroids like, are too. Yeah. <laughs> next to punching someone in the face, uh, ripping a fucking deadlift or hitting a heavy lift is probably the second biggest adrenaline rush you, you will feel. Yeah. Um, you know, besides like the extreme sports, like, but I'm telling you, like the fight of lifting heavy weight is something that you can't really describe to people, especially when it's weight that you never thought you were going to do in your entire life. Um, so it was like an addicting thing to keep pushing. Um, but, you know, for me, it was like I had always been the fitter person or the person that always works out. I'm the, you know, same for you. They always mm-hmm. come to you for the advice and mm-hmm. they want to know how to do this and that, you know? And it's like when you're done competing, uh, that that's still there, but it's like at the same time you feel like it's going away and that's all in your head. Yep. You know what I mean? You Like I, I thought like, man, if I stop like, and people don't see how strong I am anymore, then, what's that going to look like on my coaching side or my gym side or whatever? You know, it's funny is I actually took on more clients after I so, <laughs> quit fucking working out. Dude, that's crazy. You know, you say that. Competing. Cause since I started this pro when I was, and here's why, here's why I think that is. So whenever we're competing, we're f- so focused on ourselves. Yeah. We're self, we're, it's a selfish thing. Yeah. yeah. Self-validation. And yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're in it for yourself. Right. And then afterwards you are actually in it for other people. Mm-hmm. So I've, more people are following me now and listening to me now and reaching out to me now that I've developed this protocol to help people versus then whenever I was lifting for my own numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just, you know, you're not, like I said on one of my stories is like a uh, 500 pound bench cruise is no, is no more. Yeah. It's no more. He's yeah. no more. Like it's going to probably be 185 pound <laughs> cruise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause that's what I really am, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and you just got to, you got to kind of accept that and, uh, you know, and you got to take that energy that you had that you put towards a sport and you got to put it towards other people mm-hmm. or, you know, bettering yourself in other areas too. But, uh, I think helping others is, is key there. Cause I feel like that's, that's what gives you that true, uh, sense of self-worth. Yeah. You know? Like I've, I've always gotten excited for people's meets and preps and all that. You oh, know, yeah. I, I always have, but when you're not competing, it's like you're, you're, culturing a bunch of other people now yes. and it's like there's something to that um to watch them win you know what i mean that that kind of 
makes it all worth it in a way, you know, but um, I think I actually had a post typed up. I was, I'll type up posts and I won't post them, but um, I typed up a post and it basically talked about that, how like I was finally at ease with like not competing anymore. And like I was in a, a spot where I knew like that I'm going to continue to grow and help others grow. And, and you know what I mean? I'm completely at peace with, without competing. Um, and there's times like I was deadlifting the other day and yeah, I was doing some, some sets, uh, with like three fifteen on the bar or something. Uh, I think I was doing like fives or sixes and I'm like, God damn, this feels like shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, fuck, this used to be like, not even, I wouldn't even attempt this for 20. Cause I know I could fucking rip so I'm it. not even touching the movements right now, you know? So yeah, like a lot of my training now is, um, like I don't really squat that often i do belt squat and leg press you know uh things that oh here's something too not to cut you off but uh you know we we've forced the big main lifts right mm-hmm. and someone we weren't built for like yeah i wasn't built to deadlift no. and you weren't built to squat no. but you forced it because yeah. it's you had to and now you're learning oh wow i can find movements that my body actually like wants me yeah. to do responds you know? to yeah and you feel good so like yeah a lot of um a lot more, you know, what people would traditionally think is like GPP work. Like I love mm-hmm. sleds and mm-hmm. that's my know, carries body, body weight movements, doing volumes of body weight. Dude. I did, I did that thousand rep workout and I was like, it fucking sucked. But like, I was like, oh man, that was awesome. Dude, yeah. I'm finding body weight training is, is, uh, you know, obviously we still need, uh, this ample amount of recovery from it, mm-hmm. but yeah. you can push it so much more. And mm-hmm. the frequency can be so much more yeah. without the detrimental impact to weight training. Now, I wouldn't say, you know, there's still a place for weight training, obviously. Yeah. I don't want to take <clears throat> that away. But Well, like we talked earlier about like special operations, guys. You look at a lot of these dudes and they're fucking houses, man. Like mm-hmm. thick ass chest, shoulders, backs, all that. What do you think that comes from? They lift some weights and stuff, but, you know, but the calisthenics that they do and the body weight stuff that they do, it's in such fucking volume their muscles forced to build, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's forced to, to be that way. And every one of these motherfuckers, you're, they're built two ways. Usually they're either like got the broad shoulders and the taper or they're fucking blocks. <laughs> yeah. like, there's not, I mean, sometimes you get the lanky guy that you're like, no fucking way, you know, it surprises but, you. Yeah. It surprises you or the little guy or whatever. Um, but most of those dudes are fucking granite. Like yeah. they're, they're just blocky dudes. Um, this is where I just sit back and enjoy the conversation because body weight has been my realm for yeah. the past I don't know how many years. So yeah. it's like, by all means, jump on in, enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love I'm hearing it. about it. I'm loving it, dude. Hey, I'm loving it because I can, uh, I can also. I guess it's kind of hard to explain, but well, especially for what I noticed with the weight training, is I have to dial back the volume, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in doing so, you're going to lose muscle mass, right? Unless yeah. I key up. The body weight volume. Mm-hmm. So, so the way to what I what I was explaining to people is like from a fatigue standpoint. Generally, it goes fa- highest fatigues barbell, then uh, free weights, you know, dumbbells, carries, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got your machines, and then you got your cables. To to build muscle, it takes a mix of those things. Mm-hmm. It's you know. Um, but from a fatigue standpoint, generally that's how it's going to go. I mean, unless you're going out there and you're squatting just the bar on your back. Yeah. For, yeah. You know, <laughs> intensity varies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it depends on the, the intensity, but 
um, you know, that's generally how the fatigue can go. So for someone who might be a natural power lifter, there are some things we can dial up on frequency. Um, and with someone that's ultra enhanced, like there's things we might have to dial back. Right. Um, but overall, that person that's on shit is going to recover quicker. You can almost throw a little more at them and they might recover quicker. There is more damage done. That's what a lot of people don't realize. There is more damage done that can be done when you're enhanced uh, based on contraction and all that mm-hmm, stuff. Yeah. Um, and just sheer volume and, and intensity of what they can handle and recover from, right? right. And that's kind of the point of taking the enhancement um but it's different when like you know at least i've noticed like if i went out right now and i tried to bench there's guys that can bench three times four times a week you know that are natty um if i went out and tried to bench three times a week my fucking shoulders would fall off you know like so there's a lot that just just changes and and maybe i could get it done but it would be ultra lightweight you know it it would be 60 70 percent it wouldn't be pushing 80, 85% lifts. Right. It just wouldn't happen. No, um, I agree. At least, uh, you know, you could try to do it, but you'll probably fucking break at some point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of like individual differences, but if you've been enhancing then came off, the, the thing is you're not, you're, you have to understand, you have to get that you will not be able to train the way you used to train and you have to accept that yes um it doesn't mean you can't be back to a high level in some realm i mean we've seen it like guys come off and they go into something else whether that be an endurance sport Um, some guys get off the shit and they do triathlons Mm -hmm. and they do pretty well you know Um, low low t guys yeah but but (laughs) at the same time um a lot of guys that, you know, guys aren't stopping at 24, 25 competing. So we don't truly know. Like most of the guys, when they're stopped competing, they're they're in their late 20s, early 30s, or, you know, mid 30s, later 30s. Like they're in that, that place where for most of them, they're not going to be as fit as they were at 22, 23, <clears throat> 24, 25. So there's, there's not a lot of like, I guess, data of people coming off you know, early twenties and then seeing how fit they could be or how strong yeah. they mm-hmm. could be or whatever. Cause oh, most yeah. people are jumping on at that point. <laughs> yeah. You know, coming off later when your body's already saying, fuck you. So. And, and another thing too, is I'd like to see, you know, for the, even like us. So like what I've noticed is, is, uh, you know, I haven't, it's only been two months. So, but, um, on my TRT dose, I was inclined pressing 150s for seven, right? Yeah. And I'm doing them for five. So yeah. it's really not that much of a difference. Now, the big difference is, though, is that when I was on TRT, I would do four or five other exercises. Yeah. And now it's more like I have, you know, uh, instead of doing like a typical bro split or whatever, it's mm. two full body sessions per week. And then I have sprint sessions and all my body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, it's only, it, I had to dial it into two sessions. So it's like, you can still, now when we're talking about top end deadlift pull, yeah, that's probably not going to happen, mm-hmm. but you can still stay, like you mentioned earlier in that five to six rep range, you can still stay pretty close to your strength as long as you aren't trying to train like you did before and yeah. throwing yourself into this volume frenzy. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is, is guys are like, Oh, I want to train like an animal. It's like, 
Well, you know, my suggestion is to have that intensity, but mm-hmm. put it in to where it's actually going to benefit you. And yeah. then, you know, cause you know, like I like to say, like predators, they don't chase after the gazelle all day, every day. No, they wait they, for the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's so, well, the other, th- the other side of that is a lot of people don't understand that, um, especially if you're natural, the, if you overexert, overexercise, you're going to actually lower your testosterone mm-hmm. levels. Um, you know, if you jack up your cortisol, you're going to lower your testosterone levels. Caffeine. Um, yeah. You're going to fuck up your estrogen levels. Like, and all that comes into play when you're trying to recover, build muscle, stay lean, you know, and then not to mention like your whole, uh, endocrine system, you know, there's a, there's a lot at play when you're fucking with hormones. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you, you know, you said you're at 60 days. Uh, I would like to see like 90, 120, you know what I mean? Those days. Because it takes about three months for your body to, um, I call it, regenerate itself in a way. You know, with the red blood cells mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you expect it um, to be better off? Well, it would be interesting to see how you feel at that point. If you're, um, if and that could even be the lower point. Or it could be the point where you're starting to come out of. It just depends on your body. Um, from what, you know... I've heard and what I've seen, what people have told me, it's, it's generally like that, f- those first couple months, like after about, cause it depends what Esther you were taking, but you know, after about 30 days, things are dropping off significantly. Um, you know, uh, the, the drugs are kind of getting out of the system. Um, again, depending on if you took like Sipinate or, uh, or anything or, you know, whatever, but that 30 day, that four to six week, eight week is usually when people say it's fucking sucks. And that's like the worst time. Right. And then your body gets acclimated. But I feel like what happens is at that two month time about where you're at is when guys kind of give up and they don't want to work out and they get lethargic. Um, cause you will get like, for most people, you're going to feel a little bit of lethargy. You're going to feel a little demotivated. Um, if you let that lead into like depression or uh, anxiety or so, you know what I mean? If you let it lead into that, I feel like in that two to three month range is when a lot of guys just give up and they stop working out. And then you get that, like you said, it's like a snowball effect mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. It just keeps rolling and keeps compounding problems. And then they're six months out and they just Fall feel off. like, yeah, yeah, feel like dog shit. You know, that's when guys get severely depressed and all fucked up mentally. Um, And they either hop back on or, um, you know, whatever, go to the doctor and try to figure something else out. So, So, like, I think that's where uh, lifestyle and that's kind of like the protocol that I'm developing uh, comes in. So I have like I call them like action indicators and then Mm -hmm. like disruptors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, to maintain that uh, mental clarity and that like almost drive, let's call it, uh, you have these action takers. And for me, it's like freezing cold showers in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's sprinting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I mean, red light therapy, which mm-hmm. we can go on to the actual like effectiveness of these things, but it's more of just... Uh, even if it's just a uh, placebo effect. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then this is another big one because you mentioned anxiety, uh, deep breathing protocols. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like box breathing and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's made a huge impact on uh, just lowering my anxiety big time. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't someone who had huge anxiety issues now on stuff I did. Yeah. But the breathing, what it's done is, you know, because right now I'm at that point where it's like, oh, man, I'm off. Like, what's going to happen? So you start getting that little bit of anxiety, like, oh, mm. man, what do I expect? And that breathing, man, it really helps just – and walking. Walking, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walk 40 to 60. Clarity. Yeah. 40 to yeah. 60 minutes a day. If you're doing those things, and now the disruptors are obviously – for me, it's like, you know, I eliminated, like, processed foods mm-hmm. and um, also, like – Certain clothes, like polyester, is has been known to disrupt endocrine, uh, your endocrine system, and there's just there's other things too, like BPA and BPA, plastics and, that yeah. stuff, and uh, you know how much of impact those things play is, you know, that's to be determined, I guess, but it's just like taking control of what you can, mm-hmm. so that you can optimize your lifestyle. I think that's where a lot of people fuck up is they they stop competing, then the diet goes, mm-hmm. sleep you know, routine. Cause when, when you're competing, at, a big one too. when you're competing mm-hmm. at that high level, you're a machine. You, you know, at least for me, yeah. I, I had to like eat a certain way, eat a certain, uh, window. You know what I mean? Like every couple hours to, I go to bed at this time. You know what I mean? And like, if you maintain some of that, it's going to help versus like, I think people just come off the rails and then they eat like shit. They sleep like shit. They don't work out. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's what's gonna make you um, feel like like how uh, I guess normal society. Feels. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So. It's like you know you can't. Okay, you were on you were on stuff, right? And you lived this lifestyle. And let's say there's because there's some guys that weren't like us, and they lived like they took stuff and they still went out and drank, did yeah, all these did, things, yeah. right? Got crazy. Yeah, it's like okay, so you took this stuff and you got away with that, right? Uh, well, what makes you think you can still do that stuff when you, so you come off, you, you tell me you feel like crap, yet you're doing everything that you did before. Yeah. The only way that we are going to, that you're going to make change is if you force change. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it's going to happen. So, yeah. you know, the way that I look at it is, is, um, you know, these, these guys, a lot of these scenarios where they say like you take stuff, you can't bounce your levels back up mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's a lot of the guys are doing the same stuff that they did before though. Yeah. Or even before they started taking stuff, you know, like you can't, you just can't expect to do nothing and your body just be like, Oh yeah, we're going to go back to normal. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, like for me, I, you know, I go to like an endocrine doctor and all that and that, that's who was handling like TRT before. Um, then like made the decision to completely come off of everything how long have you been off? Uh, it's only been about from TRT of eighty a week, which isn't shit. <laughs> um, so I my my protocol was for uh fuck probably six months was two hundred. Then I went down to like one fifty for a while. And then down to 80 and then off and then off's only been a couple weeks. How do you feel? So I feel pretty good. I mean, again, (laughs) I have a ton of medical shit going on. So like, I know I'm going to be tired and feel like shit from that. Um, 
but I don't feel a difference really in like, uh, you know, the strength, I guess I should say out there. Like when I'm working out, it's about the same as where I was anyway, uh, depending on the day again, because I know I'm getting fluctuated from all the other shit going on. But, um, I feel, how do I say, uh, like calm, like it's like just peaceful. You know what I mean? Like I don't mind you. I'm still the same dude. that will rip your fucking face off. But like, I just feel that like anxiety isn't really there. The care of whatever isn't really there. Like unless it deals with, unless you affect my path, cause then I'm going to come at you. Like unless you affect my path, I'm good. And I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing. I'm on my own thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That is, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Whereas that's like before, like there was times that, I noticed it more on TRT than actually being on stuff. Like I, I think when I first started to come down that I was a little bit like here choppy. Mm-hmm. Some days I would just come out the gate, like wake up, like fuck, who's going to piss me off today? <laughs> yep. You know how like I noticed the same thing. So it was choppy there for a second. But then um, as I've gotten more into it um, and I, I feel like there's a lot of things that help too. Like um, I went to therapy for a year. I'm actually, I have one more session. I'm done completely. Um, and we talked about everything from my entire fucking life. But um, a lot of it was to do with like uh, coming off of competing, um, the change in lifestyle, the medical shit going on and how that affects like my my ability to do things and uh, the way I'd like to do them. In um, just getting into a place where like, what's next you know i've always been about growth and like i've always had severe anxiety around growth because i'm constantly trying to grow and this actually helped me to step back and not stress that so much you know when i was trying to compete i mean had the gym obviously Mm -hmm. you know uh, my daughter was younger you know what i mean so i i had all these things in my way of like trying to build a business trying to see my daughter be there for her. Like we're in a split family. So like, you know, handling all that fucking drama um, that we used to have now it's gotten a little bit better, but um, you know, trying to compete at a high level, I had all these things and that was just like weighing down. Right. So going, actually going to someone having them like notice little things and bringing my whole life before, you know, that that's everything that's happened in my life. And then where I'm transitioning, transitioning to, like bringing it all together, it was fucking crazy. Like, to be honest, it made you think like in ways that I never thought I would think or see, you know, so. That's growth. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Yeah. It's, it's almost like sometimes when you take a step back, uh, you can grow in a different way that you were like, wow, I didn't even like what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I'd also, re- so regardless of what our levels, let's say we both get our levels checked I'm kind of putting it off, but I'm going to do it. But um, regardless of what they say, man, I feel like the thing is, is from what it seems like from your standpoint is your stress is getting significantly lower, mm-hmm. right? And then from my standpoint, I did a complete 180 on my lifestyle. So yeah. the way that we are, I don't like using the word feel, the way that we are, I don't really care what that number says. This is, this is like I said, I... No drug has ever made me feel this way. This mm-hmm. good. 
So yeah, feel well. I think I think you. This is why I've explained to people that are still competing, still taking stuff, and all that. I'm trying to get them to a, a healthier state of what they're messing with and what they're doing. Right? If they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Yeah, you can't. Um, but I, I'm. I, I think like we, from competing, pushing, you know, all this stuff. We actually felt like shit for so long in a way that we didn't know what it was like to feel good. We only felt good one hour out of the day. <laughs> I was in the yeah. gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you don't you don't understand how good it is to like have your blood pressure lower or your um, head not fucking pound. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you don't know you like the uh, fuck. I used to have severe sleep troubles and I still do from time to time, um, but it's gotten dramatically better. My mm-hmm. sleep. Um, and that's also from not being as, as big as I was. Um, but yeah, like actually feeling that side of it, feeling good, you know, but, um, you know, for me, like with, with my internal body and just fucked, you know, and that's, that's something just, I have to deal with. That's a completely different thing. You know what I mean? So I can tell when that's fluctuating cause I know when like, all you know, how this stuff affects me and when it came in and all that. Um, and that's why one of the reasons why I didn't come off of testosterone completely uh, a year ago. And I went through that trial because me and my endocrine doctor talked about it. It was like, well, this is going on. You don't want to come off of this and add that onto this. Cause then you're not going to know what the fuck is yeah. going on. What's the difference? Yeah. You know? So, uh, which that makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of why I waited a little bit longer um, to do it, but, uh, and for, for me, it's like, optimally, I would like to never be on it again. You know, I can't, um, I can't imagine going back. But if, if, if it calls for it on that health side, if they think like, Hey, this is going to help your body fight what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll take a, we'll take a little dose. We'll yeah. dabble, yeah. you know, but like, unless they say something like that, not if I feel good, it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the biggest fear is like your physique changes a little bit. And I thought it was honestly going to be worse. I thought I was going to look like a flabby piece of shit, you know, dude, I'm telling I, cause this is the way I look at it, man. Okay. And I don't know about you, but whenever I was running like max dosages, right. Mm-hmm. I look better on TRT. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I just took that same concept and was like, okay, well, you know, that the lifestyle wasn't there. So now I'm going from TRT to nothing, but I'm the lifestyle is what is going to dictate Dude. that that look. And it will There's keep no you it will keep you uh feeling and looking younger too. Like I mean when you're when you're on especially androgens and stuff, man, it, you look like 10 years older. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We all do. Um I know I feel like like I actually sat back a few years, you know what I mean? Um, it's funny cause Lindsay will pop old pictures. She's like, that doesn't even look like you. You know what I mean? Like when you're all bloated out and you're just fucking. And, and I always, I never thought I was all that big. Right. Till you see yourself. Till I see myself in <laughs> yeah. pictures and I'm like, fuck, I was kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> Comparative to like now, you know, just, and even now people still be like, uh, you know, I'm sure it still happens. Probably even happens day and like people, Oh man, you work out or how, you know, you look like you hit the gym or. You know what I mean? Whatever. And it's like, I, fuck, everywhere I go in public, I'm still getting compliments. 
like we were in Vegas and there was a um, uh, pro bodybuilder that was doing Uber. Uh, I wish I would have got his fucking name. This dude was huge. And he was like, man, filling out that shirt pretty good. And he's like, and then he asked me how old I was. I was like, fuck. So I'm just the <laughs> old guy that's, you know, but like that compliment coming from a dude in his mid twenties, that's a pro bodybuilder. He's like, man, he's like, that gives me like good hope for when I'm older or whatever. Yeah. Like I told him like, <laughs> Dude, you're gonna be massive either way. Yeah. You're a big motherfucker. <laughs> like this dude could barely fit in the, his fucking car. But, um, like you're still gonna get you're still gonna get those compliments. You're still gonna look better than half a, half a society anyway. Oh, yeah, mm. you know what I mean. But it's all in here that like, oh man, I gotta be the strongest person around. I gotta like be the most jacked shit. That's all in your fucking head. It's literally all. Yeah. You know. No, and no one cares. Yeah, you no, said it. No <laughs> said one it. gives a no shit. No one cares because like. People ask me all the time, oh, what was your max lifts? And I'll tell them. And sometimes you get that jaw drop like, fuck. And other times like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, my my brother lifts. He he, he deadlifts 500. Yeah. You benched 500? So that's like the same, right? Yeah, yeah. No one gets it. No one gives <laughs> no. a shit. So only you, you know, care. And you can't like wear your badge of like your total around. Like, <laughs> look what I do. Like literally no one outside the sport gives a fuck what you have done. Yeah. Um. And people don't, <laughs> you you always hear that until you're out of it. And like, you really look at it like, oh man, no one does really give a shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause you're so, you know, we were so consumed in it. Like that's all that mattered, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's, that's why well, it's, it's kind of even like, even when I did um, CrossFit and I was, I was pretty good at CrossFit. I was like, man, these like, you know, I did this and it's just fucking crazy. I never thought I could move that fast or, you know, whatever. And people would be like, oh yeah, that's cool. I, I, uh, ran a mile the other day or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same thing. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. That lung burn, it's the same, I promise you. Like, you know, so it's like in the end, no one gives a shit. But it's cool to like say you've done certain things or whatever. Um, and I think mentally is where it just it strengthens you to compete, to be honest. Like, um, I think being competitive in anything, it doesn't matter if it's fucking business or life or fucking i don't know selling twinkies like you know what i mean everything that you do like if you're competitive in it i think it helps mentally well, toughens you and i kind of want to go off that a little bit because you know we mentioned about the guys that come off and how they drop everything and uh, mm -hmm. you know that's you know what i'm realizing is dude is this is more of a mentality than anything else so mm -hmm. you know there's there's studies too that showed like competitiveness aggressiveness that leads to higher testosterone. Like it leads to signaling your body to produce testosterone. Mm -hmm. So if you come off of everything and then you act like a little wimp, oh, I feel bad. Oh, no, no, I don't want to yeah. do anything. Well, what do you th you're not going to signal your body to produce testosterone then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like now, you know, here again, you know, this isn't Dr. Cruz. So like yeah. none of this stuff I say <laughs> is like proven, but I'm just saying it, the very least, let's just say my test is low. It's 150, whatever it is. I feel like it's a thousand. So yeah, yeah if like, it's if it's in your head that it's higher than what it is, then it, you you have control over that. Yes, I think, uh, man, honestly, like th that's why I like the mentality side of what you guys are going to do too. Is like, there's so many bitches in this world, dude. Like, and I hate to, sorry, I shouldn't use the word bitches, right? <laughs> but like, dude, don't I, apologize. These motherfuckers, that. everyone's so soft anymore. Like, there was a guy. Um, there's a guy, I won't say names, but everyone's going to probably fucking know. There was a guy that, uh, 
he came in here, I think for a day or something. And, uh, his girlfriend switched over to coming in here uh, from another gym. I thought you were about to say something else. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she's, she's, you know, she's in here now. She's working out. And I said, yeah, if he wants to like get a membership, whatever, you know, and he didn't tell me this, but he told another guy and it kind of got back to me. He said that this place was a testosterone fueled environment. Now, I don't know if he meant that as no like shit. It's a gym. I don't, oh, Sorry, I, don't, I don't know if he meant that as like <laughs> guys are going to maybe hit on his girlfriend or if he literally was that much of a little bitch that he like meant that that there's too much masculinity in that gym. One, thank you. If that's the case Two, the fucking weightlifting team just wore crop tops the other day. Like, yeah, <laughs> three. We have a ton of females in here. Um, and not, I've never heard of not one of them being like sketched out by any dudes or anything. Um, and we kick dudes out if they're fucked up like that. But like how much of a, think of that as mm. a man, you saying that like walking in somewhere and saying, Oh, there's too much testosterone in here. Fucking kidding me. Like, and you act like motherfuckers are in the corner injecting trend and right. like screaming with their shirts off and <laughs> oh, well, fucking and, eating red meat and like yeah. we're cavemen <laughs> here. <laughs> like, you know. I think the biggest thing in there, man, is they 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 mix up testosterone and arrogance. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing. And yeah. like they, they want to tie in testosterone to arrogance because uh, throughout society and especially now we that's what's tied together masculinity is this terrible thing when in reality if you're a good man mm-hmm. you you have that ability to rip someone's face off like mm-hmm. you said but you remain calm and you have the ability to help help the same way when to do it exactly yeah. help yeah. that's a key thing weak men cannot help anybody no no and that's i think that's a uh, problem. I mean, it's a legit problem within society. Is like men now are fucking, <laughs> and I, I can't tell you what the fuck it's from because maybe the ease of everything now, um, men are not doing all the. Uh, thank you, my. As I'm talking about men, my green tea is here. <laughs> um, but, uh. I don't know what the fuck it is. Like we, you know, we're not doing hard ass work anymore. We're not doing as much like labor intensive stuff as it, as a young person we're sitting around more, you know, uh, electronics, shit like that. They, you know, cause these kids coming up are fucking, <sighs> most of them are weak as fuck dude, mentally and everything. Like anything that's hard, they avoid it. Um, and I'm not being that old guy. It's like, Ooh, the generation blew me. It's weak. Yeah. Like, no, like, I mean, I hang out with dudes that are, you know, 55, 60 years old, the generation above us, go golfing with them. You know, some of them are business mentors, stuff like that. And they can see, like, that I'm hard as fuck when it comes to stuff, right? Almost, like, too much. And that's coming from the generation that, you know, supposedly makes fun of my generation for mm-hmm. being so soft. You know, um, and I think for the most part, like, my, my, you know, my generation is still borderline. It's, like, half and half. But man, these younger ones are so fucked up now with their priorities and everything else uh, that it makes me seriously fucking worry about the future of these are the people that are going to run the country when I'm old, you know, uh, I can't tell you what it's coming from. I think social media has a big issue with it or uh, is, is a big problem uh, in general 
just because I feel like some of the, I don't want to call it the culture wars because I don't necessarily think that's like pinpointing it, but there's this like need for validation amongst people online and they do like dumbass shit to get attention now and stuff like that. Um, and they go fucking cry anytime anybody is in their way or has an opposite opinion or if their life is inconvenienced in any way. And you should see like the emails. I mean, I know me and Dave have talked about them Mm -hmm. extensively. The emails we get from people that like about the entitlement of their payments. And uh, I mean, everything you can fucking think of. Like we have a, where you have to sign your 30 day form out there 24 seven sitting out in the lobby. You walk in, you sign a cancellation form and you put it in a box. We have little bitches that will complain about like, Oh, why, why can't I just docu sign this and stuff? Well, one motherfucker docu sign costs me money. And if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to charge you to sign that form or I'm going to raise your monthly rate. Like you don't know shit about business. Shut the fuck up. This is our protocol. You know what I mean? But there's just so much entitlement with this younger generation that um, I I don't know where or how to fix that, but something's going to have to happen. It's, you know, it kind of goes back to a little bit about the, uh, let's go back to the warm up room that you mentioned. So that entitlement, entitlement comes from nothing, right? But whenever you actually are around top level lifters, they are not that way. They don't have that entitlement. So, you know, I think that the fact that there's so much entitlement in our society today is just, it shows that it's, it's weak men, you know, and Mm. like you said, where that stems from, it could be a multitude of things. Uh, I think these are terrible. Mm -hmm. Cell phones are terrible. Yeah. And, uh, cause it, now it's almost like, uh, it's almost like weed in a sense. When you get on that phone, you almost, and you start scrolling, you almost don't want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Just like when you mm-hmm. smoke weed, you know, you know, I don't want to do anything else. And the, doing that other stuff is what actually humbles you. No one's humbled. They're not yeah. humbled by hard work. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, that's the biggest problem. So now you have all these egos out there. Well, they're, yeah, they're, that's the funny thing too, though, is they want to say all oh, this is full of testosterone. All, they want to, so mm. they're speaking, it's full of egos, right? Yeah. Well, what about their ego? Yeah. What about their ego of, of standing behind whatever, whatever human rights thing they want to stand behind? You know what I mean? It's like, do you actually have anything? Did you actually do anything? Did you take any action for mm-hmm. that? No. Yeah. I would respect, you know what? If you hold a differing opinion than me, but you took action, I can at least respect that. Yeah. If you're just following the mass like a sheep and you did no research, you did no nothing, then yeah. And that's, it's, I mean, it's becoming like a huge problem. I've, I've had some cases where, I just almost can't believe how fucking soft the world is. Um, I don't think I talked about this yet on the podcast where did I talk about the, uh, um, the transplant psych that no. I had to see. No. I think so. No. So, um, I had to see this psychologist to get basically the process going, um, for a transplant and all this stuff. And that that's the first step. You go see the psychologist, they uh, kind of evaluate you and they run you through like a process of like, here's what's going to happen. And just so you're aware, it's like an hour and a half, like course kind of thing. Okay. And I run in and I'm late. Now, mind you, I have to drive an hour to this appointment up to Cleveland. I'm running in late and like, 
you know, it's Cleveland VA. You have to wear a mask, all that shit. And so I hurried up, grabbed a mask, put it in my pocket and was like running to my appointment. Not one fucking person said something to me the entire time, checking in, nothing, right? Come through, um, the site comes out with another lady. Very first thing she says to me, she talks to me like I'm a five-year-old about putting on my mask and how important it is and all this shit. And I just kind of was like, oh yeah, I was late. Sorry. And you know, pulled it out of my pocket. So I, you know, throw it on or whatever. We go back into the room and I had it sitting. So my nose was out. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can breathe. Yeah. And again, mind you, this is people in there coming for organ transplants, right? Like, you're freaking the fuck out already because this is going on high stress environment. All right. I'm dealing with a psychologist, mm -hmm. right? Very first thing this bitch starts talking about is wearing your mask properly and all that stuff. And I just wasn't having it that day. I was over it. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I took off my mask, threw it in the trash. I'm like, you know what? Just throw me on the list. I don't give a fuck. And I walked out, right? This lady tried to then um, stop the process of me going going like stop my medical care and stop that process to where I had to fight for like four or five months to get the process. And like my doctor kept telling me, yeah, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. That's all he would tell me. And finally I got a hold of someone else and was like, what the hell's going on? So I went to the patient advocates, filed a complaint against this lady, mm -hmm. ended up having another appointment with a different psych, her higher up. Right. Because supposedly this higher up psych wouldn't see me. So that's why I filed the complaint. I'm like, all right, well, I'll file a complaint against you guys because you cannot deny me care legally, mm -hmm. right? Um, so go in and I go to this appointment, right? And the psych was like talking to me and did the whole eval and stuff. At the end, she asked, she's like, all right, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. She's like, what went on? And I told her what went on. She was like, I can't believe I actually had to like, step into this she's like i'm sorry you know she apologized she's mm -hmm. like she's new she's only been in this field for like a year you know she's like laughing she's like this is ridiculous that i even had to step in because she's been a psych for like 25 years she's like I, uh, she's like this is ridiculous i even had to step into this and i kept saying like i told her flat out, i'm like for a, a psych inside of the va dealing with veterans to be that thin-skinned that she would try to block my care and deny my care over a fucking mask and because I got irritated that day, I said, that's bullshit. You know, I said, that's soft. I said that the soft, you know, environment, like you're dealing with veterans. Some of them have PTSD mm -hmm. and you're literally going to try to deny that care. So that lady, same, same psych that did that five months later, she filed a complaint against me to went up to a, a disciplinary board at the VA and I got a letter basically saying like that I was disruptive and that I cursed at a. Uh, provider or whatever and that basically they can blacklist you um and it'll go through their whole system that you're blacklisted and you're a problem and all that stuff and they can't actually deny you care then right okay <clears throat> so i call up the guy that's the head of the board and i told him what happened he's like <laughs> he said this you know he's another psych and he was like are you serious he's like that's what this is over and he's like you know he's like well just like you know, obviously try to stay calm next time and blah, blah. He's like, but you'll never see her again. He's like, we'll make sure of that or whatever mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And he apologized. Um, but the fact that someone in, and, and I won't use the terms I want to use, but 
someone is that soft over a political because that's what that is. That is a political statement. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a statement of health. No. That wasn't. Because you know why I know that? Because I've been to fucking appointments now. My nephrologist walked in with no mask on, mm-hmm. talked to me, and he's in a place where people's organs are failing. Mm-hmm. They you know, can get sick from anything. When I go into other medical appointments where we're the sick people, no one. The nurses don't even fucking wear them. There's ERs now where no one's wearing masks that, you know. Um, there's hospitals now that said no more masks and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And we could get into the whole thing of how they're bullshit anyway. But again, I, I'm bringing up that point of it because of what we went through the last few years. A lot of that was driven by people being sheep, mm-hmm. not truly doing their research, not understanding uh, the consequences and the ramifications of closing down businesses you know, we lost, I lost a business during that time when we did that expansion, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in the end, it's like, if we don't have men and, and women that are going to fucking step up to shit like that. And cause if that, I promise you, if that happened during the world war two era, age, those people would have said, fuck you. Yeah. You know, that's like the, one of the toughest generations ever. The women would have. Yeah. They were the ones making the stuff. Yeah. Because all the men were at war. Right? Yeah. So the women would have stood up and been like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, we're doing our shit. Like, yeah. No. Our men need, need fucking, yeah. you know, ammunition. Especially with like all the um, information out there now. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, sometimes there's some bullshit that comes out. But all that bullshit, all those, you know, lies that were supposedly out there are now the truth. You know? And how many people's lives, people fucking killed themselves during the pandemic because of weak people, because of soft people, you know? So I think, uh, it kind of comes back to establishing an identity though. If you think about it, if you, if you truly know yourself and who you are, you're not going to be swayed by these, uh, these politics and and these masses. You know, it's funny. Like we were fucking open (laughs) during during all that shit. We, we actually called the health department. And they said um, that we could have like seven or eight people in here at a time or some shit. Well, then like two weeks later, they tried to shut that down and said like, no, you can't be, you know, it's like getting more intense or whatever the hell. And we still let OGs in here. I said, you know what? Come in. If I catch you in here, if I'm in, you got to leave. Because if they come through knocking on the doors or somehow get in here and I'm in here and you're in here, then it might be a problem. I said, but other than that, you know, we gave out equipment mm-hmm. and then we let, we were still letting some people in. You just never showed up. Yeah, just, <laughs> because if you never show up, then it doesn't. Oh, and you saw it like <laughs> there'd be people that'd be here once in a while, I'd come in to work out and they would just be like, like they would just walk out the back door. And I just told people, I'm like, you know what? If someone stops you or whatever, just say that you're cleaning for me or you were picking up equipment. I said, you know, what are they going to do? You know, what the fuck are they going to do? They like, and that's what. Uh, there was little rats in the area kept getting calls from the health department. Even actually we had calls the day after the shutdowns from the health department saying like we had emails from people saying, Hey, I heard you're staying open. Um, can I get in and all this shit flooded people trying to get in here. Right. And, um, God, we, I don't know how many times we had the health department fucking on our answering well, machine. There were cops they, that would sit. Yeah, there were the cops that would sit at the end. There were, the watch. health department showed up here one day. You know, we keep the doors locked. 
And the guy, uh, I called him. I'm like, why do you guys keep showing up here? He's like, well, we get calls and we have to investigate every call. And he's like, your door, I showed up, your door was locked. The lights were off. He's like, so I just, I closed that file or whatever, but he's like, we'll probably get a call soon again about you guys. And I, so there was motherfuckers again, weak ass pieces of shit in this area that were calling. And at that point we had actually been, when they said we couldn't have people in, we actually kind of abide by that for like a week or two um where we were like real sketchy about it you know it was like very very much more on lockdown but you know we had people in the fucking area and who knows to this day who the fuck it was um then we held a meet here after you were allowed to have like public things again we had held a meet here where i'm pretty sure the meet directors like limit they limited a few things here and there we had fucking a call on that like you know I, what i mean i remember like, you saying that why don't you mind like mind your own fucking business first of all but dude there during the pandemic you truly saw how shitty human beings were to each other mm-hmm. like i mean i got fucked over by a business partner got fucked over by coaches um you saw like everywhere you went someone would treat you like shit if you didn't like oh my God, your mask isn't pulled up or, you know, people were just fucking ignorant. Like it's so funny, but you saw the sheep, the weak mentalities, right? And it's now since, and I'm sure you guys have heard about this. Whereas like, um, that was a, basically an experiment to see how much control they could have, you know, in the end, maybe not in the beginning, but through the phases it was about population control and you can scream conspiracy theory all you want i got hardcore democrats in here that say the same thing you know there's real you know hard liberals in here Hmm. it's not like they don't exist and we all coexist you know what i mean um that will say the same shit so if you still believe in all that fuck well it's it's pretty funny because uh this was towards the end of it. I didn't wear a mask the whole time, so I owned my own. Business. Yeah, if, if they required a mask, I wouldn't walk in yeah. to any establishment. The only the only place I ever, I, I mean, when I went to the the VA, I, I mean, I'm not going to give up my medical care, even though I tried to get away with it as much as I could. Even though they tried to take it away from yeah. you, <laughs> I would see my I would see my primary care doctor and just take it off, and he he would have his off, and we would bullshit because like, it, it was bullshit. Yeah, he even told me. Yeah, like I remember I went in for an appointment. I didn't see him. I saw I had to see another lady. She's like, what do you think about this mask stuff? And she didn't have hers on. I have mine on. I'm like, I think it's, well, obviously I don't care. She's like, yeah. She's like, I don't think that many people are actually dying from like COVID. Like this is fucking medical doctors talking Mm -hmm. about this shit. So, yeah. But I, uh, so it was like a week before they lifted the mask thing, but we didn't know. We didn't know they were going to lift it. Okay. So I go to the grocery store, and as I'm walking in, and I'll admit I was being a little, I was being an asshole, but the lady's like, sir, you need have a mask on. I'm like, the fuck I do? Yep. And I walked right on by her. Yep. Okay. She proceeds to follow me through the store, gets within six feet. So wait yeah. a minute. I thought this was. Yeah. I thought this was distancing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. Why are you within six feet of me? Yeah. Okay. She then taps me. So now she touches me on mm-hmm. the shoulder. 
and says, sir. And I, I spun around. I'm like, you better get away from me. Yeah. Like, you have no idea who I am. And yeah. I, I didn't know who you were at that point. Yeah. For all I know, you're someone trying to attack me and I'm going to yeah, knock you I'm out. I'm going to attack you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So why are you this close to me if, if you're that concerned about COVID? Yeah. Right. So whatever. She she calls her manager and I, and her manager uh, comes over and it's like, you know, sir, we're going to call the cops on you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, go right ahead because I'm going to file uh, a charge against her for touching me. For, yeah. And, yeah. So whatever. But anyways, the funny thing is, is that then seven days later, I go into the same grocery store because the mask thing is lifted now and I walk right by her. What changed in that seven days? Exactly. Uh, an order from so whoever. We went uh, to the Giant Eagle on the strip up here. <clears throat> Mind you, I don't wear a mask anywhere I go. And I go in, we shop our entire grocery list, right? Hundreds of dollars of groceries. Go up to the counter, some little like, 17 year old kid tell me hey i can't check you out if you don't wear a mask and i'm like i looked at him i'm like are we, are we gonna play that game and he's like he's like yeah you got to put a mask on he got like i thought at first i thought like oh he's just his boss told him yeah. no he got like i'm in power now kind of attitude with me i was like all right well you know what you can do i said you can put all those groceries back i said let's go we walked right out left our whole fucking cart of groceries there like fuck you you can put them all back that's why I told him, I said, we're done shopping here. You know what? We never went back. You know, it's funny because the only reason that those, so this is what happens essentially. The, the strong, the, what the government did is they took the strong people and took the power away from them. Well, you and were they, a terrorist if you were a strong person. Exactly. Yeah. And they gave all the power to these weak people, like mm -hmm. the kid at the grocery store and the yeah. woman that like now these weak people have Oh, I got big brother on my side. Yeah. Like, Screw you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you ain't this tough. Like right now we mm -hmm. were to do in those same scenarios, same scenarios. And he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the government backing. He's not telling you to put a mask on. No, he's going to shit himself. If I get an attitude with them. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you didn't have, that wasn't your power. That mm -hmm. was, you were relying on the power of somebody else. Yep. And that's what you saw a lot during that time. Yeah. And <clears throat> for me, that that's why I hate the social media thing. It, it's given, um, power to people that don't really have it or have never had it and they use the power of their following or persuasion or bullshit lying to people mm -hmm. to gain little minions um to where then they go and attack or they feel threatened and they feel entitled so then they'll just say whatever the hell they want you know what i mean yeah. uh so I, and you know that that that's no different than when we grew up with aim and people would Hey, motherfucker, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to yeah, come yeah, beat yeah. your ass. Well, here's my address. I will see you in a little bit. <laughs> you know, and that that's how we handled it when I was younger. Like, um, for those that don't know, like the, the tattoo on my arm, um, every gravestone is the number of street fights I've been in that I've won. Right? I've never lost a street fight in my life. And that's literally how it used to be. Da, 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 I have a problem with you, whatever, through AIM. Okay, let's meet down at the church or let's meet on... I, I'm on 46th Street. Come up and I'll see you. you know, come, here's my address. Come knock on the door. And that's literally how you uh, uh, fucking after football practice, get that knock on the door. He's here to fight. All right. I'll whoop your fucking ass right in my street. At least they, sh at least they showed he, up. Hey, at least he had the yeah. balls to show up. Then the next day I had to fight his friend because, or two days later I fought his friend because his friend thought that I bumped into him in the lunch line. And then I, I talked shit or something. I don't know, something. So I had to fight his friend. I don't know why I had to fight his friend, but I had to fight his friend. 
So you know what I did? I went and fought his friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I grew up in. That's what our generation grew mm-hmm. up in, is if you had a problem with someone, if there was shit talking, you settled it out, you know, you punch each other in the face a couple of times. And and a lot of those guys, my best friend in life. Uh, I fought my best friend yep, in life. Yep, we got, we got in a fight at 14 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fist fight right in the school on the science wing. Uh, we had lookouts on each side, beat the shit out of each other during lunch. Went to lunch after, yeah, and we were actually sitting at the same table, catty corner, and I thought he said something. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, we'll go back out second round or whatever, you know? We were best friends six months later. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know? Well, I'm saying even my best friend, like we were best friends and we still we still fought. Yeah. We'd fought uh, like on the reg. Just, mm-hmm. That's just what you, I don't know. It's like. Uh... Like I, gr- I grew up with like, I didn't have like my, my uh, dad, no, whatever fucking um he didn't really teach me much but i was i was the gopher i grew up on chores and fighting (laughs) chores don't back down from people sports you know what i mean that whole thing nowadays that's toxic that's you know what i mean and i'm not saying i don't want people to exactly grow up with my upbringing but at the same time like you know my daughter i still have her do chores Oh, I yeah. still have her do things like accountability. Yeah. I still make sure like she has um, homework to do. Okay. And I explain it to her, like, I'm not like grilling her. I say, you get your homework done before you do anything else. So you don't have to do it later. You don't have to worry about it. And then you can do whatever you want to do, you know, do these chores, get them done early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what am I instilling? I'm instilling the idea of work. Like she works here. She cleans, she gets mm-hmm. paid for it. Right. Yeah. And then I taught her. You write it off on taxes. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little write off for me, but you know, um, and then I uh, I tell her like how to in- invest her money and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I feel like we've gotten so far away from like letting kids be kids and and be tough. Like we've all been bullied so at some point in our life. We got bullied, oh, right? God, yeah. Yes. And that's what hardened us, yeah. right? Now it's like, oh my God, Johnny picked on my kids. So you know what? I'm going to go file a complaint with the school and blah, blah, blah. Dude, my brother, I remember we went, we were at the bus stop. This kid came up. He was on the next street over and we'd played with them, been friends with them all that. And they wrestled around one day, you know, just screwing around. It's all fun and games laughing. He walked up the next day and this kid got big for whatever reason that morning and was like, you want to finish what we started yesterday with a dead ass look in his face. You know, my brother, did he knocked him the fuck out like right there at the bus stop, you know, like yeah. and his mom came up screaming. Now he's going to miss school and all this. But you know what his mom didn't do? She didn't fucking even go to the school about it. She called my mom. She was like, your son fucking beat my son's ass. Yeah. yeah. But like there was no like my brother didn't get suspended. He didn't like nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was the boys being boys thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was like in our town. Like if the cops pulled up and there was a fight, boys were being boys. You know, nowadays it's like these kids fucking again, Johnny got flicked and all of a sudden he's getting sued. You know I what would, I mean? Not, or or not whatever. Even that says a, says a mean thing. Oh, yeah. It's so, not even, yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. even. There's no physical. It's like. Yeah. And it's like. And listen, I'm not saying two things real quick. I'm not saying that everyone should go around fighting no, no, for no, no reason. No. not saying that. And I'm also not saying that someone should, you know, be berated uh, because of, you know, how they look or how yeah. – yeah, I'm not suggesting I think the, that. I think the, the thing with hazing and stuff like that now is these kids now have moved to online, so it never stops. It used to be like got hazed, bullied, 
go to school the next day. It might have been forgotten about, you know, or you knew how to come back with at it. Now it's like these kids still get attacked online. So I, I kind of get that stuff in a way. I, I understand that they want to shut that down. So kids aren't like constantly seeing online everywhere in their mm-hmm. entire life. Um, but at the same time, like if it's my kid in today's world, even, and my kid gets in a fight with another kid, like fist fights, mm-hmm. you know, probably leave it as kids being kids talk about it. It depends on the situation. Was it warranted or not? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what happened to me. Like my, my mom was a little hard ass and said, like, if you get in a fight, it better have been justified. It better not be that you're just picking on someone and you better have won. That's, that was the thing. That's the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how I lived. I never went and looked for a fight. I never started a fight. I know ne- nothing. It was always someone said shit to me or came at me and I defended myself, mm-hmm. you know? So again, if that happened and my kid got in a fight, you, you take it for what it is. Now, if that continued and like, Hey, this kid's beating the shit out of my kid every day. Now I'm going to come to the parents. You know what I mean? And I'm going I'm to definitely say something, yeah. you know? Um, but it's like, there needs to be that line of like letting, and I'm not just talking about fighting. I'm talking about any conflict, any hard thing. You know, they need to let kids play this out a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Y- you got to let it, let them experience some adversity and mm-hmm. figure it the fuck out. Because otherwise they grow into adults and they don't know how to handle anything. They don't know how to handle any adversity or they have no resilience on anything. Yeah. Right. Um, Completely agree. And I I mean, I look back at like even how some of the teachers treated us or coaches and stuff. That shit (laughs) wouldn't fly today. I watch coaches fucking jack guys up by their neck. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and uh, uh, whether that was ever warranted, you know. That's where, I kind of draw, that's where I kind of draw the line. You you fucking grab my kid by the throat, I'm coming for your throat. You know what I mean? Um, especially over the reasons, some of the reasons I saw. It's just slapping kids up. So I remember my brother was like, it was peewee baseball still. Coach like took his hat and slapped him across the fucking face with it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, mom was, my mom was a hard bitch, dude. I'm telling you. And she fucking... It went before this whole board and she ripped him. I've never seen, a, like, at that point, a woman stand up to a big ass man and rip his face off. Like, she fucking, she was about to beat his ass <laughs> right inside this meeting. I mean, she ripped him apart. But, well, you know, I think that that, so, like, obviously that's a, like a good thing, obviously. But I think what happens is, is like, you know, you take those instances where that was warranted, mm-hmm. and now you have these other parents that are using it over every little thing. Oh, Johnny plays second, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go yeah. yell at, or I'm gonna go take this to the board. It's like, whoa, hold on, that's not yeah. a reason. He plays second because he wasn't good enough to yeah, play first. Wanted, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, there's a difference there. You know what I mean. I think that that like your mom's mentality is great for instances when it's warranted mm. but now you just have people that are just doing it off the rails yeah. for no reason yeah it's yeah. like come on now. what's that what's that teaching everyone you know exactly mommy and daddy will bail me out or the government will bail me out or someone yeah. or you can't talk to me that way like yeah. <laughs> what yeah <laughs> what yeah so it's just, i don't know one well, day one day we'll figure it all out well speaking of that though because you know you mentioned the resilience like hopefully these these 
these kids that are on this on uh, TR or on PEDs and TRT now, man. Because uh, the only reason that I'm able to stay off is because of my resilience. Yeah. I literally, now look, I and people probably already told me this. You know, they're like, "Cruz, you're going crazy." Because I'll stand in the cold shower and I'll scream, "Make testosterone!" You mm. know what I mean? Like I tell myself, I mm. I'm in my head. I mm. control what the hell happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you and you have to have that resilience. You have if you don't have that, then you're going to fall right back on the drug. You're going to fall right back on whatever mm. brings you comfort, whatever makes it easier. That's a problem. You know, we just, you said you weren't sure what it was. That's the problem. We've fallen into whatever's most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't, don't do that. Oh, that's going to make you uncomfortable. Don't do that. Naturally, like humans do that and your brain wants to do the easy mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> it's that no one, like you said, no one knows how to divert that to the hard path. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I'll speak from experience, the hard path. That's why the fuck I am where I am now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I didn't take the hard path in anything that I've ever done, then who knows where I'd be? You know what I mean? And especially like, you know, you're starting up a, a business and all that. Like, dude, in business, like if I if I didn't have thick skin and I didn't, didn't take the hard path, man, I would have been out of this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's funny because, you know, anytime you start a business, no one, I promise you this. You'll have your supporters, but then you'll have a fuck ton of people that think you're not going to succeed. They're going to hate. They're going to even like turn against you. And I don't know what the fuck it is. Some people just don't like to see other people succeed. Um, I mean, they'll make up shit about you. They will make up shit about your business. They will uh, slander the fuck out of you. They will talk shit. They won't respect you. Nothing. Some of them same people will come back later asking for help, respecting everything. They will be... Um, uh, their attitude will completely change. Mm-hmm. Like I've literally had people that have talked shit uh, about me and then sent me clients. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? He's it's, a terrible person, but you should go to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you know I had one guy tell me that a uh, long time ago, he said something about my coaching and how it's bullshit, know, some shit. And now that guy sends me people like, well, dude, I think two yeah. things happen, and this isn't to give them any uh, proof results, I guess. Well, yeah, this doesn't give them any grace, but I think it's two things. One, a lot of times whenever people talk shit about other people, it's really just them showcasing the problems that they have with yeah, themselves. Yeah, you know. And then the second thing is, is you know, the they don't know you. Mm-hmm. They don't know you, so yeah. it's so easy to do that because yeah. they because they can be like oh, well, he's going to be just like me because I have those same problems. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he can talk crap. But then once you've proven over time that it's successful, now he's like, he almost gets awakened. He's like, oh, wow. No, this dude is real. Okay, I am going to send him people, you know? Yeah. So even though, you know, that guy, you got to just take what he says for what it's worth. At the same time, you know, at least you know that you're doing it right. That's why, like, I I try not to judge people off of my first instinct, even though we all do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Cause I've gotten to know a lot of people that at first I was like, man, I don't know about that person. You know what I mean? And then you get to know them. Like, oh, and the people that come at you and you're like, man, that person's so nice. And like, mm-hmm. they're a great person. They're the biggest pieces of shit. You know? So yeah. it's like, yep. Yep. They've yeah. learned how to fake I'm making a small yeah, list of people yeah. in my head right now. Yeah. 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 We, <laughs> I mean, I think we're on the same list. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you know, so I, I try not to like judge people off. So I try to, I try to watch their character over time, you know? So, 
<laughs> uh, I could I could just write them all down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, it's usually. Um, I think we're just you know especially with the the Instagram thing and Facebook that you know TikToks whatever. Um, there's just a lot of fake fucking people out there now. And I, I post about this is like a lot of they use fitness mentality positive vibes you know whatever their demographic mm-hmm. thing is and they like escalate it like we got we talked about this on a previous podcast of like how there's people that talk about mentality that are some of the weakest minded people i haven't done shit <laughs> and they're fucking weak-minded themselves but they talk about they preach mentality every day mm-hmm. it's like that's why i like you know what you guys are doing it's like you're living what you're talking about you know you're not just like hey you know, eat this way, train this way, sleep that, you know, do all that. And then, you know, fucking eating 10 cheeseburgers a day from McDonald's. You know what I mean? You're actually like doing what you're, you're talking about. So. Oh yeah. I'm doing absolutely everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, biggest thing too is like whenever I do get those, res- I, you know, there's people out there that, uh, you know, here's the thing. I'm not, especially the protocol, I'm not doing this protocol for the sake of success. So what I mean mm. is, is like, there's guys out there like, like, uh, you know, like Liver King, for example. Yeah, Liver King. <laughs> okay, yeah. like, he'll, he'll do whatever it is, whatever's necessary to make it succeed. And that's yeah. on him. My thing is, is like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to sit down, we're going to go over all my blood work. Mm. And you know what, if at the end of the year, two years, whatever, however long, you know, if, if my levels aren't still where they should be, where they need to be or where I want them to be, then, Hey, it is what it is. I'm not doing this so that I can say, Hey, look, you know, buy this thing and you know, it'll work for you. No, this is like true. Like I want to, uh, grow myself and help others grow around me Mm -hmm. regardless of whatever the test results show. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's where the true mentality comes in because, you know, I'm not, I don't have that like, you know, in his situation, I'm sure, you know, he says he's all natty and, we only know that came out as bullshit. Well, that, but I mean, uh, uh-huh. as far as he says, he's the Liver King 2.0. Oh, he yeah. supposedly hasn't been on drugs at all or yeah. whatever. Hasn't showcased that he's not. But yeah. Um, but in my instance, like, you know, I'm going to show all that. But it's like he's trying to sell a product, whereas I'm just trying to help people. Hell, you yeah. can hop on my protocol right now for it doesn't cost yeah. you a dime. So I, um, you know, some of these guys that have. Uh, I guess, you know, been more influencers. Let's call them influencers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to be an impactor. Yeah. I like, I like some of the, uh, like, like Seth Ferrosi. Oh, I do like, like Seth Ferrosi. You know, he's built pretty good companies, you know, but like also like he's very bluntly honest about everything that he's done, what he's going through, what, where he's been, what's going on now. You know what I mean? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, so like stuff like that or like Andy Frasilla, like, but you see people trying to mimic them that mm-hmm. literally have never done a goddamn thing in their life mm-hmm. and, and continue or, and still aren't. But on Instagram, they're trying to like talk about the same shit that they talk about, but that you look into their life and this is why you can't always believe like everything that everyone's saying online. Like you look into their life and it's like, dude, you're not even doing any of that shit mm-hmm. and you haven't done shit. So like, who are you to to preach this, you know, 
No, I I agree. So it's because they at the end of the day they're just looking at the the end image. They're like, oh, I can be like that guy if I say these things. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. you got to You got to walk the walk, man. Yeah, yeah. for you, years. Yeah, years. Yeah, and you got to put in the time and and work to build the company. It's like, um, you know, I see motherfuckers that their parents started their gym <laughs> or started their company for them, and they're like, oh, here's how you succeed. By Get your parents born into a rich family. Hey, your parents giving you a hundred grand. Good job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what I think sounds really good about what you're doing is that there's actually something at stake. Like you look at some of the people like that just regurgitate things. Mm. There's nothing at stake. They're already healthy. They're already you know in a phase where if they do the deep breathing, if they do red light therapy, if they do ice bath and whatnot, you're not going to see the needle move. They don't, mm. you know, because one, they might not be doing it correctly. They might not even need to do that, but it's what someone had said. And so I'm going to regurgitate this. I'm going to sound really smart. I'm going to say it to people who probably also don't need that. Mm -hmm. But you're creating a demographic of people that you can help and saying, like, I'm in this situation. Here's where I found myself. If you also are in this, here's what I'm doing. Here's how it's helping. As opposed to just, let me shotgun this to anyone and everyone and you know maybe there's going to be a handful that this applies to maybe there aren't but the level of impact that you can then have because you've narrowed it down by you know one being just authentic and genuine about it but also saying you know from the very beginning this is or this isn't helping and i can show you on myself because i have something to prove like to myself by doing it like this is my goal instead of just saying my goal is to get followers yeah, my goal mm-hmm. is to get ha- like a number of people to see my story or to follow my posts and then to share it themselves. Like that has, I don't know, to me that just seems one, a much, I'd, I hate to have this be the first thing I say, but like a much better business model, even mm-hmm. though I know that's not necessarily the goal you're going through, but a way to have way more impact, which is yeah. the ironic thing yeah. of it is like you're not necessarily trying to influence and yet you'll probably have a greater influence than they will. Mm-hmm. because it's coming from a genuine place and there is something yeah. that you're you know genuinely well, trying to accomplish we, and we've talked about that with like you know dan will throw up whatever's in his head that day and whatever he's been thinking about or working on and he, you know he'll do it maybe every couple of weeks mm-hmm. or, or something but he could literally go and like just spitball some bullshit not bullshit but like shit he knows every single day and probably have a bigger following than he does, right? Yeah. If he made some fancy content videos and really yeah. got at it, you know, and all that. But it's like people don't see the behind the scenes of everything that he's doing and how much uh, he's taking on, you know, and he's doing it with the intention of every post to put out information that he wants to put out. Not, okay, I'm like he said, I'm going to put this out there and I hope I get 5,000 views on it. Yeah. You know, he's putting it out there because that's what he wants to say. Intent is huge. Mm-hmm. Intent is huge. I mean, the beautiful thing that happened, and it was during uh, lockdown and everything, when I had nothing but time mm-hmm. on my hands, and just started writing about it. And like we've talked about it before, that I got to, I was like, I can't do it. Like I refuse to put out like a st- another stretch video for like hip flexors. Until something came along where, you know, I was working with a client and like their hips were killing them. I was like, all right, we'll do this and this and this. Well, I don't know how to do that. I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll make you a video. And thought, okay, this seems appropriate to now put this video out there and I can use the context of, hey, I'm working with a handful of people. They're Mm -hmm. having this issue. 
not let me just arbitrarily create something and maybe it applies to someone because now I can tell the story of the person I worked with and that has a greater impact. You know, it will be heard better from the people who actually listen and maybe only 10 people hear it. Yeah. But if all 10 of those people do something with it and it becomes actionable to them, as opposed to 500 people hear it and no one does anything. Yeah. That's, well, that, that's such that a goes, greater return. That goes oh, yeah. back to like, um, we've talked about before. I mean, literally there's people 40, 50,000 followers that have no fucking clients. Yep. You know, I have, which just blows my mind. 1700 maybe. And I mean, I'm to the point where I, I don't even know if I'm going to take anyone really on, you know what I mean? Um, and there, it's not chump money that's involved, you know, and there's people that, fake it and have 40,000 followers that can't get a goddamn client because they're regurgitating bullshit. So you Mm -hmm. got the followers on the regurgitating bullshit, but you can't turn it into, I can take dozens of people and say, this is where they started. This is what happened. Here's the data. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that is what gets you your referrals and people actually buying in. You know, I Mm -hmm. compare it to uh, the movie 300. Mm -hmm. Whenever he says, Oh, what we brought and whatever it was a thousand Oh yeah, and he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, he's like, what, are, what do you do? What do you do? What do you yeah, do? And, and they all, all say something different, and yeah. he's like, Sparta, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Like yeah. that's so like the same thing there. What we're putting out is, I would rather have three hundred real followers that actually are yes. actively doing what I am, you know, what I am saying and what I am doing myself, mm-hmm. versus you know having. 10,000 people that are just viewing me, you know, whatever. Just to view it for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they um, watch the first 30 seconds of it and they're like, yeah, no, I'm good. Move on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I hate to keep using like the business aspect of it as a means to explain it, but if you have 300 people and every one of them tells someone about how much they love it mm-hmm. versus, you know, 3,000 people and they're like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get very many people out of like a couple out of the 3000 that are going to go and follow it because that's a terrible sell. That mm-hmm. word of mouth doesn't do anything, but you have 300 dedicated people that, and what's beautiful about that is you then know your demographics so much better that you can then help them so much mm-hmm. better. Cause like, this is what they're asking for. Yeah. This is what they want. And this is what they need. Yeah. Let me then figure out a way that I can continue being authentic with it, but really help them that much more. Yes. And also, man, the fewer people you have, like, you know, so I've already like developed a group chat with uh, all the guys that are in it. There's like 20 of us right now. So like I can actually personally connect with them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. and actually find out like, hey, wh- what problems are you having? You know, like, uh, you know, uh, a big question was like uh, somebody asked me was like, you know, does downstairs is downstairs working since you stopped? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the one guy, you know, he brought to my attention, he was he says all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, you have high anxiety and you're on anxiety medication? Boom. Like, dude, anxiety medication is the number one thing that causes mm-hmm. the, that to happen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably more so than you coming off test. Because you told me you came off test four months ago and you started this uh, – this anti-anxiety uh, medication two months ago, and you're now you're just now telling me about this this yeah, anti- problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's the problem. It's not the test. You know, you you were off four months before that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so and you had no issues. Yeah, so, I mean, I know we've talked about it multiple times in the podcast before, but the idea of what you if you build it slowly, 
it endures. Mm. And it can grow to be so much more, but it takes more time. Mm. And people don't want don't to be patient to be, yeah, for yeah, it. I don't put it's it like building a base and lifting. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to take time to build the muscle before you can start expressing max levels of strength. Mm-hmm. It's the same, you know, and if and if you don't build that base and you're going to get injured. So if you don't build the base, then you're going to, your, your business is going to fall yeah, apart. Yeah, ultimately fail. Yeah. No. You've got nothing to, not necessarily like fall back on, but you've got nothing to retain the people yeah. that initially came in. Because yeah. you'll always have the novelty factor. You start something and it's like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me hop on and like see what it is. If you can retain all of them because you have a really quality product, mm-hmm. you don't need to retain that it's, many in it's order crazy, to build. It's crazy, like... Right. I, I can remember when we were building to like, there was a lot more persuasion involved of like getting people to train with us, getting them in the gym, all that. Dude, now it's like, I mean, we get emails from people that aren't even fucking close to here talking about how much they, you know, would love to work with us and, you know, talking us up big game. You know, some of them don't sign on because of the cost and that's fine. You know, I wish we could help everyone. We just don't have uh, enough coaches and we, we can't put our prices that low. I mean, it's not fair to everyone else, <clears throat> but it's like the emails of, of people that come through. I mean, they, they f- act like they just found the fucking gold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're very, very excited to even speak with us, you know? And that's shit that I never thought like here locally, we started to get that attention, mm-hmm. but I'm talking, these are people in other state people's up, you know, hour and a half away. You know, they might be in Cleveland, Columbus, whatever. It's like, how the fuck did you even know about us? You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're, we're look on my any of our followings or the gym or what. None of it's huge, you know. But it, again, it's that impact of all the results. Yeah. Right. When you get that one person who used to work out here, mm-hmm. moves, and they can't do anything but speak praise about mm-hmm. where they were. Eventually, there's going to be someone who hears that and goes, "I need to check that out. Like that's where I need yeah. to be," because they're talking about it so passionately. Yeah. I mean, that goes for any business. You know, when you change, when you actually change people's lives, it, it it's just a completely different type of referral that you're going to get. And it's a completely different type of, uh, demographic of person you're going to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's hard to describe until you actually see it happen. We're not relying on like a brand name, a commercial name and nothing like that for people to come in here. You know, it's literally all result driven. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like I know, like if I had a more bougie gym, we would have more members than we do. I'm not fighting for members. I'm fighting for the people that I want to train and to change their lives. Right. So like we have our niche thing. I get asked all the time, like, why don't we expand? Cause I don't want to be a commercial gym. I really don't. Um, and there's people that come in here that aren't integrity, man. Yeah. There's people that come in here that like they, Mm -hmm. they won't sign up because we're, we're not really commercial. You know what I mean? That's fine. You know, there's plenty of those gyms around. Like, I just refuse to to buy into some of that shit. And in a way, I don't want some of the problems that come with commercial gyms with, um, you know, people just not understanding the culture or, you know, things with payments, destroying your equipment. You know, okay. more people, more problems. Yeah, more, and it, 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 you know, there's gyms down the road that have problems with a ton of people sneaking in and, yeah. um you know, down there by where you're at, you know, uh, New Philly, they had a problem with it. And like, I told him about the, the Viz pin thing that we have and his problem, his problem got solved real quick because now everyone needs a pin to get in. He can Mm -hmm. see who's coming in. Um, he's a great guy. The whole check-in process. Yeah. And that's the problem is 
he's he's so nice mm-hmm. that you had people taking advantage of it, yeah. sneaking their friends in and all that. Um, and we had those same problems before too. And then I fucking got serious. Like you had to, you know, and you have to be strict with it. It's not it, it's you respecting your own business, but also respecting the people that are in it that are paying customers. It's not fair to those people that you're just going to walk in for free. You know, so I think it's a good point about like changing someone's life. I think it would be very difficult. I won't say impossible because I don't know all the circumstances, but Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really difficult to have that level of impact if there is nothing at stake. Yeah. Like if you just come in and your whole thing is, Hey, I want to get in shape for a wedding in four months. Like, yeah, that's a big day, but you've already told me like, it's not a serious goal. Mm-hmm. I have people that do that all the time with nutrition. Like, and it's not knocking. I it. wanna, I wanna get, you know, in shape or whatever. Uh, summer's coming, or I wanna, you know, I need like three months of this. And you know, it's like, why are you already committing to like? I'm just gonna do this for three right. months. <laughs> you're already uncommitting. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, my, uncommitting. Like, yeah. say that you're gonna do this for the next three years, or hey, okay, if you come in, say. For the next six months, I want to learn everything that I need to know to make this sustainable for the next ten years. Fuck, we can we can let's do, do that. it. Let's you know go. what I mean? But like, you get those people. Um, I had someone that came in; they wanted to do uh, weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, and they're like, "Well, can I just prepay for the three months now?" So you just told me you're going right. to Olympic weightlift for three months. Like, and I don't want to be a dick. I don't everything. Be, I don't want to be a dick, but like, I want to. I wanted to say to him. Actually, we're not going to work with you because none of our coaches want to work with people that are like that. You know what I mean? Hmm. I, but especially I, Olympic weightlifting, that's like, you know, those are the most complex lifts. So those take the longest yeah, period of time. Insanely technical. Yeah. yeah. It could yeah. take a couple years before you even have like a good foundation. <laughs> yeah. So, before but, you're mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like for them to say that, it's like, why are you already putting an end time on it? Right. You know, it just doesn't make, doesn't make sense to me. Unless you're moving away or mm-hmm. something, but well, you know, I think that uh, that comes into comfortability. So they want to be able to easily draw back to comfortability mm-hmm. if they aren't liking. What yeah, doing. they already have an out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's ignorance. You know, sometimes they don't know that. Oh, it's going to take more than three months or mm-hmm. you know, oh, whatever that's it is. True. That's so true. I mean, there's uh, an education piece that comes yeah. with it but a lot of times it is like they're letting you know from the very beginning that uh, this isn't really that important to me yeah it's important enough for me to show I, up and kind of figure out I, place I had a guy um he's been having some issues and i told him about like going to see you and you know other practitioners and stuff i bet you a couple months maybe he put into it if that and like was like oh this issue's still not going away and like i've been seeing you know dane and these guys and this and it's like I told him flat out, I'm like, you know what that's from? I said, that's because you waited forever to go in there and mm-hmm. let the problem exacerbate for a long time before you got on it. And I said, the other thing is, how long have you actually given it? A couple months? That's not long enough, dude. Like, How long have you had it? Yeah, how long have you had it versus <laughs> yeah. how, you know what I mean? Like, when I had my serious you know, injuries or whatever, I mean, it was constant maintenance. Mm-hmm. When I was trying to compete, it was coming to see you. Sometimes twice a week yeah. for years. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's people that like, you can tie it back to nutrition, their life, whatever. They fuck up 
or don't do things optimal for 10 years and they want it fixed in six months. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but you can do a lot of work in six months, yeah. but not that much. Yeah. 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 And, and that's why, I mean, that's kind of why I, I recognize that what I'm like, whenever I decided to come off of everything, I really was like, okay, you know, this, this issue is not going to be fixed in uh, two weeks like, mm -hmm. or even six months, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, uh, hopefully if I rebound within a year, that'd be awesome. Be awesome. Yeah. But that's not what I'm banking on. What I'm banking on is I thought to myself, how, what can I do to change my lifestyle to last for life? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the thing. And I know like, um, from uh, what I've looked into just on like your sperm counts coming back up and that's different. It's not, we're not talking testosterone right now, but like. Bring it back up because uh, when you're for people that don't understand or know when you're on your natural sperm count goes down, right? Especially if you're sustained on for a while. So to bring that back up, there's a study if you look it up that um, I believe it's eighty-five or ninety percent um, recovery within. 12 months or something, or maybe it's 12 to 18 month window. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look it up again, but it's like, there's certain criteria. Like they say like three months in, it was, it was really low. It was like 15% of people recover. Um, within six months, it went up to like maybe 40 something percent. You know what I mean? But there's like a timeline to it that like this shit isn't going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And it's not guaranteed. Um, but like to bring back up those levels takes time. Um, and even if you're on the long end of that, the 18 month window, like it's not guaranteed even then that it's going to permanently come back up. But if you're not willing to, to give it that time, then, you know, you're not going to get any kind of reward. Um, he do so. Yeah, I guess reward. And that, and that's with anything. If you're not willing to give it the time, you're not going to see it through, then you're not going to get the reward at the end. Yeah. That's all there's to it. And then you're going to yeah. cycle back and do the same shit you've always been doing. And this is what kind of how I explain like nutrition to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I get guys in here. Um, I've had to take on some, some gen pops because of uh, lack of, you know, coaches and all that stuff. So like there's people I work with that like, they've had years of letting themselves go and they come in, they're committed for the first three, four months, you know, and they're on it. And then they start to like miss sessions here and there, or their nutrition falls off. And then next thing you know, you don't hear from them for a couple months and then they're back at it in everything that you did is, is right back to where it was or worse. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember a long time ago when I was training, um, a guy, he was like 400 fucking 20 pounds or something. Like he was a big guy. Right. And we would get him down like sub 400, you know, and then he would go out and like, just, we wouldn't hear from him for a couple of weeks, eat like shit. And it's like, dude, like it was just a revolving cycle. It's like, mm -hmm. again, you got to see through and that, that initial time is going to suck people. You've, you've seen it when you're cutting, oh, yeah. like if you stopped 10 days in when you're starting to get hungry and stuff, like, yeah, it's almost, especially with like dieting, what I recognize is like you get to a point where your metabolism is going to slow down because it's smart. Mm -hmm. If you're cutting calories, it knows, okay, I'm not going to burn this much if we're not giving, giving it this much, mm -hmm. right? So you've now lowered your metabolism. 
and then you go back and you eat a bunch of food. What do you think? You're going to be worse off than where you were before, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're going to come and you're just going to keep doing it. It's like a, yeah. it's a yo-yo thing. Mm-hmm. That and there's, do. there's times like when you're cutting, uh, you know, adding back in some of the calories helps that metabolism rebound the short term. The problem is, is people we're thinking of it a different way to get leaner after, you know, you, you might be have a, a refeed week for a week or two or whatever, three or a shorter term, for, you know, four to six week refeed or whatever. And then you come back down, yeah. you know, so you run these different phases, but like these people it's diet down for, you know, <laughs> maybe eight weeks revert back completely to their old calories, stay on that for three, four, five, six months. Then I'm going to try to cut again for mm-hmm. eight weeks. And all you're doing is rebounding right back up and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Instead of making it sustainable actions, you know, so. Uh, sustainability is, is the key to life. What can I do that is going to last the absolute longest? Because mm-hmm. short, like you said, or you said too, like short-term uh, actions lead to short-term success. Mm-hmm. Long-term actions lead to long-term success. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, you should you should always have that plan. Your yeah. your six-month year, five-year, ten-year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand, and maybe you're the wrong guys to ask about this if it's the same type of mindset, but. The idea of not being comfortable or willing to try to be comfortable with discomfort. Almost every change you make, it's going to suck. Yeah. Especially if, I mean, and you're going to hit this point where you kind of plateau and you're like, I got this. Like you said, they get like three good months of nutrition and then things start getting hard again. Well, I don't want it to be hard, so I'm going to fall off. I'm going to revert back. I'm going to go back to that comfort like you were talking about. And What's that? I don't know the the exact saying, but it's like, show me a man with good food and good sex, and I'll show you an unsuccessful man. Mm-hmm. Why would you want anything else? You've gotten your comfort right there. You've gotten your accomplishment because yeah. you don't have to work for it. But the people who are willing to say, I know this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it anyway because I know that there's more on the other side. Yeah. Like, that's the successful person why is that so hard it depends it depends like where you started to and so for example like um i put up that thing uh, i'm not gonna remember her name she's one of the ladies from shark tank and she talked about how she doesn't invest in rich kids because rich kids don't know how like have never uh had adversity in their life Mm -hmm. like true adversity than like poor kids and how those poor kids have worked their way to being at this point where they can even basically talk to her, you know, so that, that took some effort. Um, but it's kind of the, it's kind of the same thing with, with anything we look at is like those people that have had adversity. Perfect example is, uh, pro fighters or athletes or whatever that have came from hard situations and gotten to that point. And then you always hear about how they get soft and this and that. And like they, they fall off because they got comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> at, but at, at a certain point, I think we all deserve to be a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you put in 20, 25 years into something like 15 years into something like, okay, you, you might, you might feel like, okay, I deserve to be a little bit more comfortable in what I'm doing mm-hmm. in and that growth is still going to come just at maybe a slower pace. And maybe it does need to slow down for your fucking health, you know, yeah. especially if you really grind. But those people that start 
where it took me 10 years to get where they start there. They, and then they get to uh, where I'm at at 15 years, let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, I've grinded and worked and, you know, fucking plowed through to that point. You know what I mean? For me to actually shut off is going to be hard. Yeah. Right. For them, they get to that 15 year marker where things like start to get a little, maybe a little difficult for them and they fucking quit and you don't see from them again. You don't hear from them again, right. you know, because they started now, mind you, they're only three, four years into the journey, five mm-hmm. years into the journey, but they started with a life of year 10, mommy and daddy money, you know, best college, you know, what, opportunities, whatever, yeah. um, got promoted because their dad's company, you know, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So like, unless you, instill that uh hard work mentality in those people they're the first ones to break um you know i can think of like uh um like Lindsay's dad is now a higher up in a steel company right okay um and her two brothers are am i oh fuck i'm gonna fuck this up oh, no. uh, i think they're like 22 and 24 i think yeah um but anyway if we have to, we can go back and edit the numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they uh, they grew up with... Now, their dad has worked in the steel industry since he was 15. Okay. And from gopher, sw- shop sweeper, all the way up, mm-hmm. right? And he instilled in them the idea of labor, work. You're going to work for income, you know. And these, these guys, they went to private school um, to play sports. They went to nice colleges, you know, all that stuff. But because he instilled in them, like, you're going to fucking work for everything. You're not just going to get the rest of this shit handed to you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, not that they, like, kicked him out of the house at fucking, whatever, you know, whatever right. age. You know, they've helped them for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they've helped Lindsay for sure. But they instilled in all of them about the hard work mentality and um, earning their keep and things like that. And that if you watch, like, Lindsay goes, you know, she's the one that's up at you know, 5 a.m., 5.30, whatever, goes, does her day job, you know, comes in here at night sometimes to train people or has clients online. Or, I mean, the girl takes like half a day off a week, right? Mm-hmm. Her brothers, same way. I think they were fucking working yesterday. They're working like 60 hours a week, right? Will they get promoted quicker from their dad being up there? Possibly, I would say. Mm-hmm. But also, if you look at their history, they've been putting in the work since they were teenagers to earn that, yeah, to earn that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and they've worked other jobs before they came and worked for that company. They both have degrees or, uh, you know, multiple degrees mm-hmm. and they're putting in 60 hour weeks now. All right. Like, yeah, you've had some, so that's why I always say like, not everyone that comes from a tiny bit of privilege is going to be, you know, worthless, w- worthless. <laughs> yeah. But like be, if they didn't have that instilled in them, Cause I've seen it with guys I grew up with that didn't have that instilled in them. They are, they have nothing. They're in their mid thirties with nothing mm-hmm. yeah. because their mom and dad paid for it all. You know, most of them, honestly, like there's two of them I can think of turned out to be like, you know, drug addicts, you know, in the streets, been arrested multiple times, Jeez. all that. Um, but if you don't have, again, if you, if that's not instilled in you that what you're talking about, they mm-hmm. break right away, you know? If these kids wouldn't have had that when their dad said, hey, you're working 45 hours this week, they would have fucking cried and quit that job. Yeah. Because they could both. I mean, the one has a, a 
degree in finance from a pretty good college. Like he, he interned at Merrill Lynch. Like he could go work on fucking wall street probably, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. work in a finance company in a suit every day. He chooses to go to a fucking steel factory. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, to bring it down to like a simple like task level, cause you were talking about like how you don't relate to how, uh, someone could choose the comfortability. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it has a lot to do with, again, their identity because, you know, let's say I'm around, let's say I decide, okay, uh, I'm Billy and I decide, oh, I'm not going to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. If I know, if I'm truly, I truly have conviction in that and I know who I am, whenever my buddies come around and are like, hey, man, let's go get a drink. I'm going to say, you know, no, thank you. Uh, I, this is the, this is what I'm, I'll go out with you. We'll, we can, hmm. we can hang out and I'll drink my water yeah. and you know, and you guys, they can make fun of me all you want. I don't care because this is what I'm doing. The, and this is the hard path, mm-hmm. you know, this is who I am now. This mm-hmm. is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And there's nothing you can't, I'm a rock. You can't shake me. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And I think that a lot of people just, they don't know themselves well enough. So whenever they get put, they might say, oh, I'm going to, oh man, I need to stop drinking. I'm, I'm done drinking. Right. But then when they're introduced with that, uh, Hey man, just come on. It's just one drink. Come out mm-hmm. with us, you know, come mm-hmm. out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll come with you. No, they have no, there's no self-control. There's no, uh, like you said, they don't know themselves. There's no, like, I mean, for me, Working out, I literally out of my friends I've grown up with, I'm the only one that works out. Like that's no joke. Like so, pe- no one ever understood it. My family never really they understand now, but like, you know, people didn't understand why we eat a certain way. We always go to work out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my friends, like, and sometimes it used to be a running joke before fitness got popular. Um, there'd be guys that like, uh, I might post something on Facebook or check in in the gym, and they would like comment being little smart asses or see me in the bar later. Cause you know, I was young and went out. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, how'd that work out go today, bro? And like make fun of me yeah. or whatever. And it's like, it didn't shake you. Yeah. You know, no, nah, like I'm still going to fucking work out. Like, and it's not like how it is now where it's like popular and every, and you're cool. If you go to the gym and check in and do your videos mm-hmm. and all that shit, oh, yeah. it wasn't a popular thing. You no. were like an outlier, a severe outlier. Yeah. Um, and Especially whenever I was I was running like six miles a day for the Marine Corps and people were just looking at me like, and what's this wrong was, with you? Yeah, yeah, and this was like in February, mm-hmm. yeah. snow on the ground and people were just like, what are you doing? Like, you yeah. know, like why? Like just stay in here with us? No, no, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing, yeah. and that's I I feel like that's what it comes down to. Like he's right. Like you definitely like having uh you know good good parents and good uh, role models role models that yeah. can uh, that can help guide you and instill that work ethic that's definitely huge Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it does come down to whenever no one's looking whenever it comes with them yeah yeah Uh, isolation's big so i mean it can be it can be big that's what that's when i changed a lot when i was in the military and i went out to california and uh, i was basically living the you know the barracks Mm -hmm. are like a hotel room and my roommates were never like, I don't know how I ended up like that. Like my roommates were never around. So like I spent a lot of time alone mm-hmm. uh, where I didn't talk to, I remember texting someone, you know, and I remember talking about this, like how I hadn't talked to a human being in like three days, you know, like that's weird. 
right? <laughs> but the, like I was working. I guess I, it should be, but in my mind, I'm I was like, yeah, work, that seems you know, normal, right? <laughs> I'm working out and doing my own thing and, you know, reading books and, and all that. Like I was in complete isolation because I knew like what I was training for and what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's almost like that overstimulation. So like being mm-hmm. isolated, you don't have that overstimulation. So you, you actually are in your own thoughts and you can actually dive into why you're thinking a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas, you know, now if someone's feeling bad or whatever, or, you know, they're feeling uncomfortable, mm-hmm. they can yeah. go right there. Just completely distract yeah. themselves. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, when I was living that way, um, you had to go down to the like rec rooms if you wanted to watch TV or, um, you know, watch a movie. Like you, if you went to the one rec center, they had like movies that would play in this one room. And I remember on our floor, we had a one room place where usually there was some kind of sport on or something. Mm. So if you wanted to watch TV or doing that, unless you had a computer, a DVD player or something, like you had to go there to do that. So when I got out there being the broke little shit that I was, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have shit. I had my cell phone. So I had to walk like a half mile to go use the computer. If mm-hmm. I wanted to go get on a computer at all. Um, you know, I didn't watch movies. I didn't really watch anything. It was like a time in my life where like, I felt like nothing else, nothing else in the world existed except my training. And, you know, then I developed some friends out there and some people I worked out with and stuff, obviously, but like nothing else really existed. And I remember like, uh, when I, when I first like started even trying to like go out again or like, talk to California girls, which is a whole other fucking beast. <laughs> Those girls are fucking nuts. But, um, you know what I mean? Like actually dive into like normal society a little bit again. It was like, it's kind of fucking weird, you know? And then when I got out adapting back to like, Oh yeah. That's you know, a whole other story. Talking to people more and like being in that, it, it's just a different culture. But, uh, but during that isolation, that's when I really found myself. My biggest growth years were from like 19 to like 23. And then later, um, you know, after I got home and went through the whole like uh, going out thing and hanging with my buddies and being in just kind of the prime of my, you know, adult life, you know, mm-hmm. fitness wise. And, um, you know, it's just different because you got a little money in your pocket, you know, you're going to the bars, you're talking to girls, you know, you're doing the whole thing. Like, my next phase of growth is when I stopped all that shit. Yep. Yep. And I focused on like, okay, I'm going to build a business. I'm going to build the life that like I didn't fucking have. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that was my even bigger growth phase. And there's probably still another one to come. Oh yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the, the different, like I think most people think that they're going to hit a spot in life where it's like, Oh, boom. I got it all figured out. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that's not the way it works. You know, it's definitely comes in phases and, uh, the things that you held so close to you at one point, you might not even value them at all later on. Give a shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like we do with the totals kind of, yeah, yeah. same thing, you know, not saying that we're not proud of what we did, but it, you know, I don't care to be, uh, tied to it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? At all. So, yeah. You know, honestly, like I'm enjoying, uh, I went golfing the other day and I actually fucking hit pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I, I find other things, Yeah. you know, yeah. I, I like to, I'm back to my hobbies again. Whereas like when I was competing, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I like to catfish. So I like to go out at night and fish and stuff. And I used to stay out till, you know, three, four five in the morning, some nights, like 
But normally, like, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., catfishing. I couldn't really do that when I was competing. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Now, if I want to, I can fucking do that. Um, golfing, like, it's just different body now. So I'm swinging a lot better. Yeah, I can actually move. Um, you know, and just some of these other things, like, I, it, it, when you have your priorities set, right, anything that you do outside of those priorities are going to take away from those priorities, right? Because mm-hmm. you can only stretch yourself so thin. Right. So, I mean, it's, it was like a huge weight off my shoulders to stop competing and to start focusing on, on some other things. Right. Um, and I could pile some shit on real, real quick, looking at different ideas of business or mm-hmm. things I want to do or you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's, uh, like you said, you're going to find different phases in life that things matter more than they used to, you know, like. <clears throat> When I, I remember when I grew up, um, you know, again, my family didn't have a ton of money, but like I wanted to wear certain clothes, you know, like every high school kid. Mm-hmm. So I wore more expensive clothes than I probably fucking should have, you know, knowing what I know now about money, you know. And when I, uh, you know, got into my years there, I still dress nice and, you know, and like, dude, for like seven years straight, I'm talking like my, you know, in my twenties here, upper twenties and getting into thirties. Dude, I, I, uh, wore fucking gym clothes, sweatpants and all that shit. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I literally don't fucking Mm -hmm. care. Now, since like now in the past like year or so, I've went and bought some nicer stuff for like going to dinner and all that. Um, partly because a lot of my shit didn't fit anymore, but, um, but I don't give a fuck about like some of that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Some of the same stuff that I used to prioritize, I don't really give a shit about. Right. And also whenever you say nice clothes, like it's not, you're not, you're not buying the most expensive. No, I'm not. Some, yeah. Something. I'm not talking about Gucci. Like I'm yeah. not fucking spending $800 <laughs> on a shirt. No, like, no. You know, but like, um, I'm buying stuff that I, that that's, you know, fits well and stuff. There's a place, uh, up in, uh, summit, uh, where they actually go in and they tailor the clothes to like, these guys are fucking crazy. They'll, they'll pick out outfits and put your outfit together. They'll tailor it for you. Free tailoring for life. So if my body changes, they'll tailor it up and stuff. Nice dinner shirt, you know, mm-hmm. button down or whatever. Probably cost you somewhere one twenty one fifty, which isn't fucking terrible when they're going to tailor it to your body and everything. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Not terrible at all. And I promise you like these shirts are fucking soft. <laughs> like they are comfortable. Right. Mm. So I put a value on like, the quality of that right yeah um but am i buying going they said people come in drop 20 30 grand on clothes like am i doing that hell no even if i was rich i I still wouldn't do that i literally don't value clothes you know Mm. i don't value some of these things that other people do and everyone's going to have their thing once in a while or whatever um but yeah it's it's comes down to like when you know yourself and you know what you want like my big flex is how much I'm putting in my investment account every month. That's my flex, the flex mm. that no one fucking sees. And I know if I, I have a certain number that if I don't hit that number that month, I'm going to be fucking irritated, you know, like that, that's, that's kind of my thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mind you, I've been investing for a long time, but 15 years ago, I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking, God, do I have anything scrounged? Okay, I'll put up, I'll put fifty bucks in there this yeah. month. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you just, it wasn't the same, you know. And um, 
if I had better financial literacy than hell, that would, I would have put more in back then. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, 10 years but, of compounded interest. Yeah. God, oh, fuck. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you start to value, uh, different, like I always wanted, uh, some of the nicer things. But then I realized like when I was in my mid twenties, like I don't need none of this shit. Like mm-hmm. I need to start a business that's going to make me money and help me grow. Right. I need to live cheap. I need to live poor. And that's what I did. Right? You know, what's I didn't give a fuck to be in an apartment, cheap apartment, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. it took. The so. thing is too, is I feel like as you, uh, cause you know, I have other businesses too, mm-hmm. a roofing business and a, a real estate investment company. Uh, I have partners in both of those. Um, but the thing is, is as you start to like truly give to something that's bigger than yourself, when you do that, all these material things that they don't even matter. You don't even yeah. like when you first started, you might be thinking, Oh yeah, I can say this when I'm making this money, I can get this car get, and that's, mm-hmm. that's human. That's normal. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. as you keep going, you don't even realize like, cause you might've said, Oh, in six months I'll get a new car then. Okay. Blah, blah. Mm. Six months down the road, you're like, hell you don't even oh man i need to get an oil change <laughs> like yeah. you don't even you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. you're so I, well i like my truck now is um uh eight years old and i only got a truck because i was tired like for the gym and everything else i was mm-hmm. tired of like calling people up with trailers and trucks and at the time we had bought a house so i need to do landscaping stuff and the, you know what i mean i needed a truck mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why i bought a truck and mind you like realistically I could go buy a pretty fucking nice car and I want to don't get me wrong. Like I, there's cars I drool over that I'd love to fucking have and I can absolutely go get them right now if I want to. Um, but I keep putting that off because I don't want the fucking payment. I don't want to give up that money that I could be investing in Mm -hmm. other things. I, um, I'm like dreading the day that my truck fucking dies and I need a new one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it's weird because like, I used to always say like, when I make X amount, that's when I'm good in life. And like, I'll, um, I'm going to buy this car, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to live in this house and I'm going to do these things. You know what I mean? And then you get to that point and you're like, I don't, I don't fucking, I don't really care to have any of that right now. I'd rather do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause you just spent that much time without it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, what, what yeah. do I, what? didn't need it then. Yeah. Don't really need well, it Well, I know yeah. we talked about this before on the podcast. It's like, there's people in here that I know that, um, make some fucking stupid money and they don't value like cars or not. They go on trips. You know, that's their thing. Yeah. So life experiences and stuff like that. Others, um, they are very, 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 very frugal and they invest all of it in real estate businesses, you know, stocks, whatever. And you would think they're some of the brokest motherfuckers in here. You know what I mean? And they are rich. Mm-hmm. And no one knows it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like we were talking about earlier, the whole fake it until you make it kind of thing that some people try. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to kind of be comfortable with yourself and know yourself that you don't really need that shit. Now, again, would I love to be flying down the highway in one of these fast cars that I want? Yes. That's going to bring me joy. And if it brings you joy, then go for it. You know what I mean? Go, go get it. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I think that comes but, back to intent. Yeah. So like if you're getting this nice car just to show it off to everybody, yeah, then yeah, that's the, that's dumb. Okay. Yeah. But if you are getting that nice car because you worked hard and you truly you enjoy, earned it. Yeah. And yeah, you earned and it and you enjoy, your enjoyment. 
Yeah. yeah, then that's that's entirely different. And and you'll know, you'll know because you'll reach that point. You'll put, let's say, 10 year, 15 year, however long you put into your business. Mm-hmm. And, and you still, if you still want that car, well, then you better go get that car. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, last summer um, we bought a boat, right? And we had the debacle, we had this debacle with this uh, land where we were going to build a house on the lake and, you know, we're going to have everything we ever wanted kind of thing. Um, th- there were some fucking issues with the pipe underground. It was this whole drama thing, right? So we ended up selling that land off and I had a little extra cash in my, in my pocket because we, we profited a good amount off that land. Um, so for me, I fucking hate Ohio's winters. I hate sitting around. I hate when it's nice out and like, can't go do nothing because like, what are you going to fucking do in Ohio kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I bought a boat for me and my family's entertainment. Now I can drive to Kentucky. Uh, we've been to Maryland. You know what I mean? Probably go to Tennessee at some point. So I bought this, you know, people look at it as a material thing. No, I bought something that is going to bring me, my family, years of enjoyment and trips and things like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. That's the intent mm-hmm. of the buy, right? It's not because I wanted to fucking throw out pictures of my boat every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, look at me. I got a boat. I didn't even know you had a boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but... um. That, you know, same with like, uh, we, you know, with Nick from Live Large, he's, you've seen his cars. It's fucking insane. Ohio yeah. Pie, Live Large. So Nick owns those and, and he drives some wild fucking cars. That's his thing. Yeah. It's these wild cars that he drives, mm-hmm. right? He has earned those from the money that he's making through his businesses. And, I, you know, I want to get him on the podcast at some point to talk about grind, but that's his thing. And he earned those. He's not the guy that's living down the street that's living paycheck to paycheck because he bought that $150,000 car. You can't afford it. Just to show like, oh, look, I, I have the money to be able to buy this. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you really don't because you're one step away from being broke mm-hmm. and losing everything. Mm-hmm. You know? So it comes down to, like you said, like a comfortability thing um, and comfortability with yourself. You know? Okay. You don't go buy the you know, $30,000 watch. To the, prove something. To yeah, to who, prove to prove what to someone walking down the road that you have a nice watch and they probably want to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so or they don't even notice it. Yeah, or they don't <laughs> even notice it. Like yeah. you can, uh, like uh, Lindsay doesn't buy expensive purses or anything like that. Like she, it's not a purse person. You know, it's not not a purse person, not a clothes person, nothing like that. In, um, we were talking about one day, and she was like, "Do you think these people?" that have all these fancy bags and all that. She's like, do you think like they're real or they're fake? I said, I guarantee most of them are, are fucking real because people are trying to flex, you know, buying a $1,500 purse. And that was literally their month of paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how people are. Me Mm -hmm. and um, spending money for the sake of it. Yeah. There's a guy in here. We talk about money and, stuff all the time, you know, investing and stuff. And like, we always talk, he knows a lot of people that drive like cars, houses, you know, got the whole thing and literally are like, have talked to him talking about how stressed they are that like they're one step away from losing their house and everything mm-hmm. for house what broke. Yeah. House broke. Just to, just to sh- what keep up with the Joneses and show yeah. everyone you got a little bit of coin in your pocket. You have a good paying job. Thumbs up. Mm hmm. You're one step away from losing everything because 
you know what I mean? You don't value yourself at all. Mm-hmm. You don't avow, you have no confidence in yourself without those material things. Bingo uh, identity. Yeah. It all, I'm telling you, man, it all, <laughs> but it, all comes, it all comes back to that. Like it all comes back to that. About. Yeah. It does. If you know who you are, then it, literally nothing can phase you. Yeah. And you can go through those uncomfortable moments and you don't need to hang on to other people's validation. You don't need to distract yourself. You don't need mm-hmm. to do any of those things. You can mm-hmm. literally sit in solitude with nothing mm-hmm. and be perfectly content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. And there's, like I said, there's always, um, for me, I, I went out and I've bought the things that I didn't have growing up. And maybe that subconsciously, uh, do I absolutely need them? They all serve a purpose, right? But it, maybe that subconsciously is like proving to myself that I was able to get those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like sitting here, besides my car, I fucking want a car like this. Certain about two or three of them that I'm like, Ugh. yeah. But besides that, I don't honestly need a fucking thing. I actually would love to downsize my house if I ever could. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't need it all. And it's funny because when you get it, I, I mean, I, I'm happy with it. I love my house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like what the fucking corner lot. That kind of sucks. But you know what I mean? I like my house, everything. But at the same time, like it's almost like when I got it, I was like, I don't really need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've always said that, like, I'm the type, man, I'll go, like, if I, if I needed to, or I wanted to, I'll go back to live in, in a smaller apartment and eat some ramen and shit. Like, you know, that, that ain't going to ever change, you know, but I, cause you know why, you know, I think that happens because those are the years where you really defined yourself. Mm -hmm. So like, that's where you, it's almost like you've learned to find the comfortability in the uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. That's the key. That is the key. If you can, if you can find yourself comfortable in uncomfortable situations, man, you're going to be so much further than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And you're That's just a gonna, powerful place to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And you're just gonna, you're just gonna have. You're, you're not gonna need anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like he said, he could go back to, you know, eating ramen and living mm-hmm. in a small apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, like, you know, I've, uh, I don't wish that on you. No, I'm, no, I'm I, I wouldn't want to ever do that. <laughs> but like. <sighs> You know, it's like I, I watch people that do the same thing in a way, but they like, I know people that, that make less than I do that live in houses that are two or 300 grand more than mine. It's like, what are you doing? What was your purpose? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the reasoning behind that? Like, I mean, I, I, th- I think the only, the two things I would love to change optimal life, right? I would love to live on more land. I don't need the big house, but just more land or on a lake. That's probably the only difference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, if someone offered me a $20 million home on the ocean, I'm probably taking it. I'm not going to lie. You know, everyone would, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like um, this is something I talked about with that therapist is like, I've always had that growth mindset that I want to have shit that like, I never thought I could possibly get right. And that is from the earned hard work success, right? And then I could afford to do this and it would make me feel great and all that stuff. But since like I went through that whole like uh, turn in the way I was thinking mm-hmm. is like, I I don't need to get to that point. 
that makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't need to get to that tax bracket to be fucking the ha- journey to happy with the where I'm, where, where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So that was the hard part is like, knowing that I'm going to be at a certain point eventually, hopefully, you know, anyway, Mm -hmm. to get to two, three, four X that I know I could probably get there. Right. But what's that cost? Like in my, the mental side of shit, the physical side of shit, you know what I mean? All that. And you start to weigh those things. And and it's, when you're young, you don't realize that you don't think that's ever going to happen. You think, well, I'm going to be able to go, 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 go for 10, 12, 15 years. Come back to me and talk because mm-hmm. it's going to be fucking hard. Mm-hmm. You know? You're not going to, Oh God, yeah. you're, you're going to wear down at times. Like in, you, you've probably seen this since you got your businesses up and running. There's times you got to step back. Oh yeah. You know, and there's times you can hit the gas like, and you got to be able to uh, fluctuate that to be able to have that long term outlook. Yeah. Right. Because anybody can be a flash in the pan and, you know, do two, three, four years of like great success. But it takes, you know, we're going on what year, year eight of the gym being open. And like that feels, I mean, it doesn't feel that long, you know, but um, it's kind of a long time, you know. Uh, you know, I look back at like 10 years ago, you know, still I was working at a, another gym, you know, running those gyms, you know what I mean? So, you know, you think of the work put in before that, we're talking like 15 years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of being at it in this industry, mm-hmm. you know, but people want to get to the point where like, oh, I've worked out for three months, I'm going to open a gym and be ultra successful. <laughs> Start yeah. taking online clients. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my ebook. Just won't happen. So no, uh, you got anything to add? Anybody got anything to add? think i'm good it's a good good long podcast that was a long one that was good yeah there's like two people still listening (laughs) it's probably like man these guys are finally shutting the fuck up doing this in a (laughs) three-parter yeah this one this one might come out in segments or something um i don't know the huberman lab dude they'd put out three hours three hours don't even break a sweat i don't want to fall asleep during half of them oh my god they're so dense i don't know what yeah maybe it's because your brain gets overstimulated from all the thinking because it is good information. It is, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. But man, some of them podcasts. I got to fast forward through some of them. Yeah. Just I, to get to the point that I, like, yeah. you know, you, you see that that flash, like, okay, what, 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 oh, I want to find out what they're talking about. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. okay, let's get cut through the bull crap. Yeah. Yeah. They're great information, but man. Oh, no. It's, it's I try to awesome. listen to them when I'm driving and I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, got to put on the music. Hold on I, the window. <laughs> I'm about to fall asleep listening to this guy. I can't even, like, speed it up, put it on, like, one and a half or two X. Because yeah. there is so much that's in there, and they're not talking slow necessarily, so it's like you end up missing that much more if it's going oh. too fast. Yeah, those are. I mean, I love how much they put in there, but holy shit! Yeah, you just look at it when you first open up. You're like, oh god, there's another <laughs> three hours. Yep. <laughs> oh shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's like uh, audio books. Mm-hmm. I can do an audio book because I feel like maybe it's because it's listened to in like segments. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. like the Huberman's, like I'll get on them. And then something other, you know, two days later, they're spitting out something else. Yeah, like, yeah. well, I want to hear about that. And I only listen, end up listening to like parts of each one of them. So they need to do like a quickie version of like breaking here's, them down like 20 to 30 minutes. Like right. here's everything we talked about. 20 minute highlight. Go. Yeah. Something. Jesus. 
All right. Well, thank you to the one person still listening. So, um, if you like the podcast, share the podcast. Um, but I think that's all we got for today. So we'll see you later.